It is Sunday evening and uh, your favourite trios team is back. And we're all sitting here, sitting around the uh, 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 the, uh, the fire here, getting ready. We've got our Nintendo Switches in our hand and we're going to just play some games together. And we're going to like hop in and we say, lads, right, let's get our fight forevers on. Jump in trios mode, the three of us, the three boyos, and we'll get an old game together. Oh, what's this? Hang on. I, you're telling me this for the first time? Uh, it's not in there. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about that uh, uh, shortly uh, in our extensive Fight Forever chat coming soon. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's do the old introductions. I'm Barry. How are you doing? Sorry I was away last week. I forgot what I was doing. It doesn't matter. Uh, also with me here every week is the producer, Mr. Paul Griffin. I'm on every week. I'm like Ethan Page on AWTV. <laughs> <laughs> I love the workhorses of this company are Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, Jay Lethal, uh, Jay Lethal, <laughs> Satinum. But he's cool, at least. Uh, and also with us, the Jeff Jarrett to our Jay Lethal. It's Mr. Joe Towner. Listen up, slap nuts. We're <laughs> back. The three boys are back. Finally, it's the, the summer can begin. We're here. The summer of CSP. I mean that is what people think of when 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 um when you know it gets to that time of year like oh it must be summer CSP is back you know after their off season uh how we doing boyos um you know uh, I I don't know if if there's much preamble need here because we have a jam packed uh list for a show here uh my uh and, and, and to boost it all to ensure this is going to be a really great show my brain capacity is up about 300 percent since twitter broke like three days ago <laughs> so i've got like actual brain cells generating uh what's funny thing is i've really reconciled with 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 maybe it's time to sunset the old the old twitter because i'm just kind of like the other day or yesterday i guess it was like not working this whole cap on uh post you can read we won't get into the specific you know the story if you're listening to this and it's like it wasn't working, and so the only but the only thing that you could see would be notifications. So if someone sent you a message or replied to you, you'd see that, but you couldn't see your timeline. And I was looking at this thing. I'm like, why do I keep picking this up to look at it? That's not it's not working. Mm. And what I do see, all I see because only the notifications work, are people just being mean to me because I didn't like Adam Page's match on Dynamite and I dared to say it, and I had a bunch of people yelling at me. I'm like, what yeah, am I fair. getting out of this? I was like, that's fair. Correct. No, no, wrong. Actually, <laughs> I I will never stand corrected, uh, except for all the other times that it actually has been justified. So yeah, so we've got a we've got a hot show coming your way. Do you know what it's going to be like when when you know Twitter goes down the drain and then YouTube turn around to go? Wait a minute, making people pay for the amount of videos they watch? Da-da. It'll be like um, is it itchy and scratchy in Marge? when the kids turn off the TVs and go play outside. They're painting the fences. That's what life is going to be like. It has been a little bit like that this last two days, because I'm just kind of like, it's like, oh, it's just the fun has kind of been gone out of it for a while, and it has just been pure, raw habit. And and like I said yesterday, when I was refreshing it and it wasn't working, I was like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you even looking to see? I was like, so maybe this is, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe this is this will be the end. But anyway, we won't we won't depress everyone by talking about fucking Twitter I, for six hours based on this I, one. I'm just be- begging for a blue sky invite. I'm not giving up. I'm just transferring. You know, to and I feel really smacked. 
I'm like, oh, let me run back to Jack. Oh, the, the he was great. Oh, never did it wrong. I never, <laughs> I never badmouthed you, uh, Mr. Dorsey. You we should have like never left MySpace, lads. We should never left MySpace. Yeah, that was that was our first mistake. Yeah. Anyway, tell you what, website never lets us down. Uh, bloody fight TV when you're watching that Forbidden Door. I guess it did. I don't think it did. No, I didn't Not hear anything nah. I tell you what, I mean, what the Americans happen, are always complaining about BR Live. That seems like the worst <laughs> website of all time. But over no. here in good old international waters, we, we watch things on the fight. Yeah, I'll tell you, though, I had no issues during the pay-per-view. I did, though. I didn't watch Collision Live last night for the first time. Oh, yeah. When I it was taped, funnily enough. <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know it was taped. I, did, I found that out after the fact. Uh, but I was confused when I turned it on and the first image I saw before even the uh, musical intro or before Dustin Rhodes is going, Powerhouse Hobbs, you listen, you fucking young whippersnapper. <laughs> first image I saw was uh, like a frame of MJF tapping out Ethan Page. I was, I was like, like right. yeah. <laughs> thanks, lads. <laughs> that segment's worth watching now. <laughs> that extremely long segment when Ethan Page talked for 15 minutes about why Canada is great. We'll we'll talk about that later. No, the 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 pay for your experience for me was was absolutely seamless. I had no issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I basically never do. To be fair to the old fight, I mean, um, but anyway, I mean, yeah, we're 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 coming in about a, a you know a week late here, so we perhaps won't go uh, move by move for the whole card. Christ, the show isn't long enough. Anyone watch the pre-show? I heard it was all right, but looking at this card, it kind of looks very. I, I yeah, don't I like watch- to burn myself out. And I will if I know if I see four matches on the pre-show, I'm going to be just yeah. fed up. So I, I skip it. I'm sure it was good, but not not for me. I mean, I watched it, but they were very house showy, right? Kind of. Yeah, you know, they they weren't bad. They weren't good. They just kind of happened. I I think there's you know definitely to Joe's point, uh, an initiative for those matches to not take the gloss off the big mm-hmm. event matches. So go out there and have a fun little seven minute roll around and that's about it which is a shame because you have people like you know el fantasmo and shingo who maybe would have been better served in yeah higher profile matches kind of not slouches yeah i mean yeah it's, it is funny looking at this i didn't even know about this match shingo bushi hiromu against Cobb, kyle fletcher and tjp that's a pretty good match on paper, um, I was going to say, can't you squeeze these guys on the card? But to be fair, the standards were quite high on the main card, so let's—I'll be fair in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, that that uh, Lij match I just read off—that is, that's just a New Japan match. That's just six New Japan lads having a match. It's not even really a Forbidden Door. Thing. Only Kyle Fletcher is uh, is AW. Oh yeah, that. yeah. I actually completely forgot that they were signed. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll jump into the main card here. We had uh, MJF and, and his New Japan is an indie uh, uh, jacket, <laughs> which is like yeah. going to the bother of getting like a really fancy Ric Flair robe made with something derogatory on mm. it is way better than like a shirt or whatever. Yeah. That was it's very something funny. on his on his elbow, elbow pad as well and on Collision this week. I can't make out yeah, what it says. It was a, it's some kind of anti Canada elbow pad as well as USA tie. I mean, he's really like I'm impressed. You know, this is a top guy shit. Yeah, you know, from new gear for every single show. <laughs> Fair play. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed this. It's funny. It, it, it Tanahashi looked more put together and 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 ready than 
he did in the Strickland match. But even with that said, it's, you're watching Tanahashi and you're going, all right, this is where we are. Time comes for us all. Let's not be me. Yeah, we made we made this point last week when we were previewing the match of like, this is two Forbidden Doors we've had and both of them with Tanahashi as the challenger for the AEW world title. Let's let's transition away from like Tanahashi should have been the one at this point in a six nice six man tag, you know, buried somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, to his credit, though, I think MGF got a much better match out of him than than Swerve did the last day. Um, I don't think obviously it was up to the the level of the Devils' recent output, but it was a mm. perfectly good match. Um, whereas the match with Swerve and Tanahashi was bordering on a disaster, I thought. Uh, so well done. Well done to the boys. They, they, they pulled it out of the bag. It wasn't anything exceptional, but it was... I, th- I thought it exceeded expectations for where I was on... where I was with Tanahashi, basically. Mm, I think met, met expectations for me. Maybe I was expecting too much out of these two, but I, I thought this could be a classic. It wasn't, but it was a, a good enough... It was a good match. <laughs> I was the I was the opposite. I was like, "This is not going to be good. This is mm. going to be bad." Tanahashi is like, I, I I was basically at the level of watching a, a not a Matt Hardy match, but like physically a Matt Hardy kind of mm. match. But it was better. It was it was good. Uh, next up, another match that I think kind of you could almost picture it in your head before you saw it in in a, in a good way. Kind of met yeah. your expectations was Punk and Kojima. Uh, uh, Punk defeating Satoshi Kojima to advance in the Owen Hart Cup. Yeah, I, um, obviously with the Twitter being down, I haven't seen. Has Twitter been flooded with uh, football to the groin tweet uh, memes? I, you know what? I actually don't. I've seen lots of the gif of him hitting him with the dick and Satoshi Kojima tweeting, please do not call it the dick elbow or whatever he said. <laughs> um, but there it was some good the, the, the version with. Uh, George C. Scott going, my groin. That's that's the perfect one for. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. Yeah, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more use out of that. Just kind of like, hmm. Will Osprey and Kenny Omega had a kick out at one after the one winged angel, but <laughs> Kojima and Punk had an elbow drop to the groin. <laughs> an elbow to the groin. Um, yeah, this is a good match. This is a good match. Um, two two wily veterans having a nor- having a, a, a solid uh, a match and, and and elbowing each other in the willy <laughs> it was good it was good yeah I, I i really enjoyed it i thought it was a lot of fun i think cm punk's a very good wrestler that's my uh, summation i agree i think that's a i think that's and, a daring uh, take but i'll agree and kojima kojima's yep. a little bit oh, yeah. underrated as well i feel yeah for his age i mean he's going for on 53 age, or yeah. something i mean he's pretty decent yeah. i mean you talk about age coming for us all and and you know top guys i mean he's he's a top guy preceding uh uh, uh tanahashi mm. you know he's 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 doing quite well, and and you know it works a very smart match, and that's Punk's whole thing. Punk Punk loves to work a, a clever little match that's not as as uh, physically taxing as as some yeah. of his peers, which is and that's great. why he's two years younger than Tanahashi, but <laughs> can still walk. Yeah, and he had seven years off. To be fair, I suppose <laughs> he took a big long break. <laughs> yeah, he did take. Seven. Although he did, he did spend a lot of that getting punched in the face for real. <laughs> So no, maybe. that was about a cumulative twenty seconds. So I wouldn't worry about that. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, 
Uh, a match I th- I'm looking at the, I'm on the the Wikipedia listing here. I'm shocked this is only 11 minutes uh, Orange Cassidy retained oh, the standing ovation standing ovation championship over ZSJ Shibata and Daniel Garcia what what, what a match I love super I fun love it. I mean it's very easy to be over four ways and multi-mans uh, this is not when the four people so in well. it yeah yeah, just um, four, four great, great wrestlers. Special, special shout out for the back and forth punch sequence with Daniel Garcia doing the dance in between. Yeah. So good, um, love, it. love it, love it, love it. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I, I predicted that this was the the people's uh, you know, all the focus is on rightly so Danielson, Okada, and, and Omega Osprey. I said this was the people's choice for match of the night. I don't think it quite was the best match of the night, but I think it came damn close. I think they did a, a extremely good job. Oh, Danny Garcia, put just the world title. Put the world title on. This guy is the best. The best. When he turns babyface, he's going to be over levels, unprecedented levels. Mm-hmm. He's he's the best. Tremend- tremendous match with four of my faves. Uh, oh, really enjoyed it. it. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Cassidy sneaks out with the title again. How, how long can he go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't think this would be when he, he'd lose, but uh, when I say that, they got me on some of the near falls. I thought Saber was gonna was gonna take it from him. That was great. Stuff. I thought this might have been the one. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, uh, I'm actually, again. I would say about what I would have expected. Sonata defeated Jungle Boy in a, a a pretty bang average match. I will say, and it made all the sense then that the the, the heel turn came. I couldn't believe how easily he put him down. It was nothing like they did <laughs> with the moonsault. Like, with the moonsault, Sonata did that interview uh, talking about how he didn't know who Jungle Boy was, um, and then Taz Taz was getting very hot at that on commentary. It was like, brother, the fucking match was booked like he had no idea who this fucking guy is. He's like, I'm giving him maybe ten minutes, and that's it. Um, it was all right. It was it, it was one of the weakest things on the show, but like I would say the weakest. Oh, not worse. of the that's main of time. the main card match. In a sense, in a sense, in a sense. I can't. That six man was fucking toilet. I'll at least remember this man. I'll at least remember this. He turned after it. Ah, that's not the match. That's after the fact, brother. Oh, I'll remember. Like, sorry, Dave Meltzer. There's not seventeen turns of killing Sting. I know. I mean, can we give Sting? Sting might need a seven-year CM Punk break. Yes. Let's, look, Sting's run in in twenty thirty is going to be class, but he needs to take some time off before then. Um, no, this yeah. is another Jack Perry match. Might as well have not happened. It was so. Yeah, it was. It was nothing. It was. It was a. Uh, it was. It was and, like and, a perfectly <laughs> competent nothing. And this was the IWGP World Title match in this pay per view. Let's not lose that context as well. Yeah, that title's shit anyway. So. Yeah. That title's shit. The champion's I mean, shit, and the match was shit. This guy was right. This guy wouldn't have it in the first place. Whatever his name is, what is it? San Sanato Sanada, former whoever TNA star, TNA X Division champion. Yes, and and uh, oh. Oh, what was that other promotion? That ah, doesn't matter. Anyway, he's the New Japan star now. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they did that, oh, and that led to Jungle Boy turning on, uh, on Hook. Hook after the fact, which uh, it's a good way to write for you, It's good. Get yeah, get Perry doing something else. Yeah, we'll talk about that, I suppose, later. And Hook, giving giving Hook something actual to do storyline-wise is as good as Hook. Yeah, and Hook should be beating it. Well, we'll discuss that later. We'll discuss that later. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was that was that match. Uh, next, we had the Elite and Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Shota Umino. Uh, I mean, for something that was added last minute, uh, this this and also didn't really fit into the Forbidden Door team, but whatever. Uh, this was, I mean, this was pretty incredible. I thought um, it was a lot uh, of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I think it had like in, in a night full of crazy spots. I think it had my favorite one, which was uh, Takeshita knocking Ishii on his yes. ass. Yes, yes, God, that was great. What a, and it was such a like, it was such a big like stamp of approval for Takeshita as well for like mm. like often considered like the hardest bastard in New Japan to to flop down. Uh, yeah, uh, after yeah. one strike, it was great. It was so well done. They got something with Takeshita for sure. Absolutely, for sure. He's he, he's a special. He's a special case. I love his jacket. His weird jacket. Every time I see him, I'm like, he looks like the coolest guy in the ring. Yeah, and he's in there with you know Moxley, who's that's his whole kind of deal, and you know, that, but like he's Takeshita is the one your eye is always drawn to, whether he's got his gold and black jacket or kind of the one of the big collar he's been wearing as well. Mm. Ah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, this was like all action, but they they did weave in their um uh, their story as well because they had uh they had Moxley not wanting to take the cheap shot at Kingston and Kingston saving Moxley from the super kick. Well, I love then at the end is <laughs> Moxley still laid him out with the with the cutter <laughs> like at a crucial yeah. point in the match, which is nice because he's he's still a dickhead. Mm. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. The one thing I'll say is uh, Shoda. I like the the Moxley Shoda relationship going back to new japan is is fun is cute but Shota's too like too much of a pretty boy he didn't quite fit with that team visually he didn't like wear black gear or i don't know have his hair done like he, he looked like a, a little tanahashi which he does but i don't know i would have had him look a little bit more gritty for this one to match the rest of the team that's my that's a nitpick maybe but Um, after that, we got Tony Storm defeating Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's Championship. A uh, good match, you know, uh, not much to say about it. Uh, yeah, not much. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, um, I mean, this is, uh, the, uh, it, it's fair to assume this would have been, you know, Tony versus, uh, uh, Mercedes, um. Uh, or or yeah. hater versus Mercedes, or hater versus Mercedes. Yeah, actually, I suppose this is this is two two participants, I guess that are. Oh, um, they just have to do that at Wembley. Yeah, they oh, just wow. have to do it there. <laughs> they just have to do it there. Annoying. Um, yeah, but it was a, it was a solid match. It was a solid match. Um, the uh, that then brought us to Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship forty minute match. Match night. Mm, yes, yeah, I would say so. Uh, Match I of a freaking year. I think I preferred their first one. The f- I don't. I don't think it held a candle to the first one, but it was oh. very, very, very good. I, I think there's a couple of. It was obviously incredible. So we'll say that obviously before we get into nitpicking it like arseholes. Um, 
I will say that I, I liked the call back to like Will like did all the stuff that Kenny did to him, put his the head table. to the thing on the table. Yeah. But I will say that I think like Kenny just had better intensity doing it. It's so it, it whenever you're calling back to another match and I kind of feel like that match you're reminding me it was better you know that's that is a super nitpick i will say that a more a more substantial nitpick was that they had all the callous stuff is just it's stuff that in general AEW does way too much this show actually wasn't too bad for it i don't think but in general i'm kind of over it and uh, i did hate that they banned him from ringside and then he came back out i hated that well AEW have done that a few times where someone gets kicked out and then they just walk walk right down it's like all right don't worry about it i could have just had him chased off and then he comes back later yeah or even just not come out to begin with he's not will osprey's manager you know i guess the the idea is i guess they might transition to that but like you could have had him come out at the finish and the other like and again like the key spot it was probably like two seconds in reality but it felt like he was really struggling to get that screwdriver out uh, (laughs) it was pocket in the key spot but the funny thing is as much as that stuff irritated me it segued into the amazing near falls like kenny kicking out from all that stuff uh yeah i mean it was incredible you can't out the one wing and angel after one yeah the screwdriver as well Uh, screwdriver the the tiger driver which got a lot of uh, oh yeah oh i went mental at the kick out at one i I fucking lost it i was (laughs) punching the sofa i fucking oh it was a moment of the year (laughs) <laughs> it always gets me uh, it, it was it was top stuff don't get me wrong i mean when when you're saying oh it simply wasn't as good as the first match i mean you're 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 kind of in like kurt angle Shawn michaels yes you like the wrestlemania or the SummerSlam one it's like well you have your preference one or the other they're they're both great yeah yeah right. it is yeah it is literally um uh um like and also, yeah. also with matches like this, the, the first time is always going to have a special wow factor to it. First time you're seeing Omega Osprey, mm. so not only are you not comparing it to a previous one, but you're also seeing stuff for the first time. The true the moves, yeah. and so maybe there's a little bit of oh, we've seen some of this before, but it was it was excellent, and it didn't feel forty minutes long either. No, 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 no. goodbye. I think I'm a bit of a reverse melter in the fact that when I watch the kind of Japanese matches, I just don't enjoy them as much. I take a, I take a star off when it's in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> like I always enjoy. It. Maybe it's the way it's shot or the commentary. I don't know, but I just I always enjoy. I, like, I, I was thinking the more. same, but I think I prefer the first one because of the way it's shot mm. rather than the way AW. Yeah, I, I think I. Yeah, I think I do prefer New Japan's way of shooting their big shows. But I suppose it's just, that's, I mean, that is a... That's just a preference. That is a Mm -hmm. preference thing. Um, And it is, one thing I will say is, one thing that's good about AEW, even though the commentary isn't always amazing on their shows, is generally speaking, the standard is good. Whereas, you know, like, you don't have to, when you're dealing with a match that goes across the continents... Used to be the case that if it happened in America, you're probably going to get awful commentary, which would always mm. always knock it down a bit. So now there's more parity between the two. But yeah, I can I can see that AW is not as bad as WWE, but I do feel like there is a simplicity to. I mean, New Japan does a it has a nice big production value to it, but AW is a bit brighter and has its big screens, and I can I can I can see either or. But that's a, that's a preference thing. Anyway, uh, all said and told, it was a a fabulous match. Um, not a fabulous match was Sting and Darby and Naito uh, defeating Jericho, Sammy and Suzuki. I can't believe this went fifteen minutes. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it did. They're 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 to reference WWE again. They are WWE esque. They're over egging the specialness of Jericho and Sting. It is cool, but like they're they're spending half their TV time together telling you that it's it's incredible. I don't like that. No, no one ever wanted to see Jericho Sting. Yeah, it's like yeah, because Jericho's like yeah, like it should have been twenty years. Ago. I was like, no, it shouldn't. Not really. Like that's I don't think anyone was pining for that in WCW. Um, yeah, and then there was like. Sammy doing his backwards springboard a hundred miles an hour at Sting's face, um, <laughs> and oh god, the four fifty on the outside where I guess Sting was supposed to get off the mm, table what, because yeah. because he so Sammy just basically hit him and went, he went through the table never reappeared and Sting and Sammy was never reappeared because Sting got immediately back up but not in a big dramatic ah I'm Sting it was just kind of like well I wasn't supposed to take that so I'm not I'm gonna pretend I did. <laughs> Uh, it was a bit oh, of a disaster. Jer- yeah. Jericho has the worst match on the show. Two pay per views in a row, baby. Yeah, he needs to. I, funnily enough, though, I feel like it, it was they have this kind of idea that you know Sting, given his age, bloody blah, blah, he has to be in these scenarios. I'm like, ah, him and Jericho are smart enough. They probably could have just done a match mm. and not. And you want to, you want to put Naito and Suzuki in there. It doesn't need to be six people and six people flying around and Darby's doing his thing and Sammy's doing his thing and let's mm. get the table. It's like, all right, let's right. Which, and we saw that on Dynamite. They, like, they had a tag match. They still did a bunch of crazy bullshit. Um, but <laughs> there was, you know, less, uh, uh, there was less air traffic control needed. But yeah. Uh, and that brought us to the main event. Uh, Brian Danielson um, sang to the ring by the iconic uh, tune of uh, uh, The Final Countdown. Tony Khan did say that uh, they got the rights in perpetuity so they can use it for VOD and stuff like that. And he did say it cost them basically as much as a wrestler's contract Mm. to do that. But um, he got it. And they did replay yeah. it on Dynamite, so that was... That's why they got rid of Fuego Doso. It was either that or... <laughs> yeah, it's like, who, Final count who got cut? That was Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that was the, the sticking point for Cody. Um, oh, I did anyway. sit up. As soon as that first... I went, oh, wait a minute. Is this what I think it is? <laughs> yeah, and I kind of like it as a one-time thing. I'm sure it won't be his... I'm sure it won't be his... Uh... I like that they, they kind of threw out as well the babyface heel dynamic. He came out, he was smiling, he was... Okay, yes, yeah, go. yeah. I mean, there was no point even bothering, really, was there? Um, yeah, and they had a uh, they had a really good match. Uh, obviously, the elephant in the room was that Brian really, really badly broke his arm uh, uh, like halfway through this and wrestled half of it um, with that in mind. I will say that you know, being a wrestling genius such as he is, and Okada being a, a, an excellent, excellent, excellent wrestler. They they folded that into the story really well, which enhanced the match in a way. But there were certain points where, and it's like I can't. I'm not even knocking them, but it's like I was like, you guys are like terrified. You're gonna like kill this man because his arm is hanging out. Mm. Um, so I think it simultaneously elevated it. But whenever whenever an injury that serious happens, it can't help but take a step out of uh, out of a match. But what did you guys make of it? I, I thought it was very flat, and to be honest, I, I didn't enjoy it that much. Really, I think, I think the crowd were just knackered after the Osprey Omega match, and they didn't seem to really be able to get into it that much. And it, it never. Maybe I was also exhausted. This was like five o'clock in the morning. I think it oh, you watched it live. Oh, well, that's yeah. It, I, it ended up finishing at like half five or something. 
it was light outside by the time uh, the show was over. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't really get into it. And then I think flat ending, it, it didn't didn't work for me, brother. So also, watched it, also watched it live. I kind of agree with Joe. Um, I was kind of waiting for it to kick into fifth gear. And then obviously with the injury, that changed things. But I just felt like, like it never got to a point where it really took a step up. It just kind of was very, very gradual building, building, building. And which is fine. You know, you can have a slow burner. I cast my mind back to my favorite match of that category of all time, Undertaker, Kurt Angle from No Way Out 2006. But it never got to the the big bonfire at the end. It just slow burned, slow burned. Then there was an injury and then it was over. Um, it never really got to that, that fever pitch for me. I mean, it was very good. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I thought it was. I thought it was objectively very good, but I wasn't emotionally on the edge of my seat watching it. More just like an appreciation, like oh, yeah. this is this is good stuff. But I wasn't. I wasn't jumping up and down, punching the thing like Joe for uh, Omega Osprey. Yep. I I, I liked it. I I, I think like. I find these AEW pay-per-views very hard to watch live. I mean, because, yeah, you're getting into UFC territory, 5 a.m. main event, you know, uh, for mm. some of them. And as I said on the podcast before, even when I was in America, I thought those shows go a bit long and a bit late. And it's... You're but I just I just feel like, for, for me, it, it loses something if I don't watch it live. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Mm. Um I, I, it's just I feel like just all those shows. Every AEW pay per view has a big asterisk next to the main event because you're having to compete with um, that audience having seen. You know, everyone's going 100, percent you know, because it's a pay per view and they want to go all out. No, pun not intended. Uh, it's quite long. There's a pre show. Everyone's in working mode. You know, I, I think the main event always struggles, but that's you know, that's that. Um, overall, that was the show was very good. Overall, it the was, show was very good. Fucking great, wasn't it? It I was mean, worth it the money. Yeah. Worth the money. Oh, easily. easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially especially in this part of the world, twenty one bones for a show of this quality. I mean, that's Even one thing. Fewer you can... if you buy in dollars, because Fight TV just go to the website and sometimes it comes up in dollars, and you pay nineteen ninety nine dollars, and it comes to like eighteen euro. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> um... if you if you do on the app, you're right. It's twenty one ninety nine. We just go to the website. Fight TV, it comes up in dollars. Buy it, then you have. Uh, the the one one thing that would stand to AEW's credit is you know getting people, myself included, you know, unafraid of just smashing that purchase button on a on a sing a solitary show and not ju- and not a you know subscription service. It would be nice. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, an, an interesting case study in that market's there if the quality is good. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know. Obviously, and it'll be interesting to see because there's all these rumors swirling about their, the next phase of their TV deal and potential Max folding in the AEW pay-per-views and so on and so forth. That'd be cool. The consumers win in that situation. That's always great, but they have to just be aware that you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, uh, as, uh, as I say, tube. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. That was Forbidden Door. Great stuff. Great show again. Another another year, another great uh, uh, Forbidden Door. Uh, the other news tidbit here from uh, the week, also in the AEW Galaxy, we finally, 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 finally got 
Fight Forever, available on PlayStations 4, 5, Xboxes 1, S, X, Nintendo Switch, Personal Computer. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, Paul, you played it? Got it at launch? Mm-hmm. I have also played it, got it at launch. Uh, I mean, where do we want to start? I, I, so I streamed well, the game. Liver. Uh, Joe, sorry, pardon me. Joe, excuse me. You He's got having the game. a laugh. Have you got the game, Joe? I got it on launch, I think. I don't know. I can't remember when it launched. It was uh, Thursday was launch. It, it, I, I was trying it in the morning and it wasn't there. And then it was there at like two o'clock. That's all I remember. Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, beg your pardon, Joe. I didn't mean to exclude you from this week's game. Golf. Joe, you are on the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> the Nintendo Switch console, yes. I was Paul, you are on that. the... Xbox Series Xbox X. Xbox Series X. And I am on the personal computer visit. There you go. We, we've got the full gamut of, of uh, systems. So. We've got the full gamut. I mean, I, w- I want to throw to you boys straight away because I I streamed this game for six and a half hours the day it came out, which was a lot. And I, I've looked at every single aspect of it. So why don't we start with you, uh, Joe, as the, the person uh, who plays the least amount of games. And, yeah. and, and certainly new releases also. Mm. What, are you, what were your initial thoughts and where are you now a couple of days deep on, on Fight Forever? Um, so I haven't played a wrestling game since WrestleMania 18 on the GameCube, which oh, came out in oh, oh. either 2002-2003. Um, I was never really a big fan of wrestling games, to be honest. Um, I just find them a bit repetitive. I like story-based games, you know, platformers, first-person shooters, whatever. Um, but obviously I wanted to pick this up as a big AEW fan and, and play as my favorites. Um, and it was pretty fun. I didn't really know what to expect. I'd seen all the graphics and everything and I'd heard, yeah, I'd read all of everything Barry uh, tweeted about it and retweeted and a lot of the reviews and everything. So I wasn't expecting like a lot. Um, but it was kind of what I expected. It was fun. It does as a non, you know, gamer, regular gamer, it does look a bit old school in terms of like the graphics and everything. I wasn't going like, you know, thrill house, you know, blown away by like, (laughs) wow, look look at their faces. Like it did look like something from, I would, as an ill-informed opinion of something like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago is what I would describe it as. Um, But having said that, it was very fun, quite easy to play, quite easy to get started. Yeah, you, they've got all the cool moves in there and they're very easy to kind of do once you sort of figured it out. Um, so yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun with it. I started just doing some exhibition matches. Then I did do the story mode, career mode, kind of road to the elite thing, mm. which is uh, interminable. I hate that kind of stuff. Just like <laughs> yeah, same. going to restaurants and ordering food and working at like, I hate doing that. I don't want any game that makes me do that. I don't want to do that in real life. Why would I do it in a video game? Like, it's just so <laughs> banal. I actually, like, I played it again, the, the Road to Elite again, because I was trying to unlock uh, Paul White. Um, and that got a little bit more interesting because it kind of sent you down some different paths. But I, I kind of like that aspect. But yeah, but overall, I, I quite enjoyed it. I will carry on playing it for the next few weeks, but probably not much beyond that, to be honest, unless they drop something new into the game new characters new arenas whatever yeah yeah you yeah 
uh, Paul, what, I suppose I'll, I'll start by asking, what do you think of Road to the Elite? And then if you want to segue into what your general vibe is on the game so far. Um, well, I've, I, Road to Elite is kind of the one thing that I probably would play the most of. Okay. So I, I like a story mode. My favorite thing in No Mercy was the branching paths and, and the little funny promos and stuff you get. And especially stuff, even, you know, just bring it. Barry's wearing his Just Bring It shirt today. Just bring it and shut your mouth. You'd have the the career mode, the story mode. That that to me is the the appeal, the replayability. Uh, as at least as a single player experience. I think otherwise the game is is basically useless unless you're playing it local multiplayer. Um, so Road to Elite, I I am kind of in two minds on. I'm enjoying the little uh, storylines. So I created my own character for it. Uh, which is my my own wrestling character that I create all the time. Excuse me, in these games called the Virus, mm. who's who's a, a, a and and actually I always make the same gear ever since I was very like since the WrestleMania two thousand the No Mercy days. It's always blue shorts with flame effects, uh, two knee braces like Steve Austin, blue boots with flame effects, Steve Austin vest blue with flame effects. Uh, so none of that is possible in this game. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I spent I spent no no joke about twenty minutes trying to figure out how to change the color of my shorts. It um, is like it's so unintuitive how to do it. But it, all the reviews were like X Y Z about this game is cool. The creation suite is so bad, and I was like, okay, it is. It's horrible. Enough. It's horrible. Let's let's brace ourselves for this, and also no sharing tools, right? But now, seeing how the super talented people who give a shit about creator wrestlers, seeing them try to make wrestlers with these tools is so unintentionally funny. Trying to make Roman Reigns, they've got like they have genuine. They've got like ace heads in the game. That is in goddamn sane in 2023. Uh, like no layering of things, no putting shirts under jackets, no putting. No putting, like, as far back as, like, SmackDown 2, you could go into, like, a menu and grab the letter B and then move it over to his chest and then grab the letter A and then move it next to the B and spell out your fucking name on your wrestler shirt. It took you fucking forever because it was a PS1, but you could do it. And now we're in this this wonderful modern age now where the, the WWE 2K games say what you will about them. You can fucking upload JPEGs from your phone. You can give everyone up-to-date merch. You can scan faces. Go on, if you've never played a wrestling game in your life, or if you're not a gamer at all, just go on YouTube and just look at the best 2K23 creations. They will fucking blow your goddamn mind the way the things people make with those tools because they are phenomenal. And this thing is like six heads. No, you cannot wear a shirt in ring. You can wear a shirt in your career mode. I'm going to the restaurant outfit. This game has no equipable tops for your wrestlers. There's about 12 heads. 12 haircuts the tattoo options again in wwe and this is not even a modern thing this is go back however many years this has been in wwe's games the tattoo thing is like you have a tattoo option which means you can pick between a tribal on the arm or a tribal on the other arm or a big chest tattoo, or a big back or just one on your ankle and it's like just one thing and it's like if you want a character who's covered in tattoos you have to pick one of their pre-made i'm covered in tattoos options you don't get to pick what they are it's like it's it's actually great. And the, the funny thing about that is, like, this is not a first-time developer. This is Ukes. They did do those WWE games for years. Like, it's, it is honestly uh, confounding. And I think that's 
it sucks in isolation, but as you are saying here, it also sucks in the context of Road to the Elite, where the big draw of that, so I am still playing it, even though I don't really care about those modes, the big draw of it is that it's how you upgrade your created character, but it's a negative feedback loop where, well, the character creator isn't very good, and Road to the Elite isn't very good, and uh, that whole that whole aspect feels a bit messy. So um, Virus yeah. is going to have to stay on No Mercy for the, for the time. Well, however... You say that, Barry, but uh, my wrestler is announced to the ring as Radioactive Mickey, which is very <laughs> funny. So Mickey, for, for those I know, is, is an Irish slang term for the male penis. Yes. Uh, so every time he comes say, out... Like, 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 there's almost an impressive amount of tools in there in the sense of uh, all the names they have Justin Roberts say... Yeah, it's like 900 of them. Insane. And that is the thing that they do in the WWE games. This might be even more impressive than than those because they've got Roman Reigns, they've got Kevin Steen, they've got Dakota Kai, they've got, obviously not next to each other for copyright reasons, but you you pick a first name and you pick, I'm going to pick Roman. And then you go into the second name and it's 700 last names and Reigns is in there. Do you know what I mean? So like that is, that is super cool. But then it's like, but I I don't have the tools to make a good one. So like... Um, but like they've got all that, and the the one create, creation suite thing that is good is just like back on the N sixty four, when you get into do the moves, they do have ten million moves. They do have every single move under the sun, which is yeah. However, oh no, uh, they are not categorized at all. Oh no, it's oh yeah, I forgot about that. You, that you, you go pick a finisher, and I'm like, right, let me have a look at the uh, top rope moves. You simply cannot. You just have to look at every move in the game. Yes, and they're they're just in one big long list. What's that? Same with the music. You want to go through the music, pick your wrestler's music. Okay, I want to. I want to use um, MGF's music. I'll go. I look MGF. Uh, it's not called M. It's it's called the name of the song. You just have to know that that's the name of his theme song. Yeah, and like, and oh, I'm picking my entrance. I want my guy to be uh, kind of a, a cocky heel. Uh, good luck finding that. Every single entrance motion is called generic male or female and a number. <laughs> And so there's 90 <laughs> generic males. And again, like they they have, there's obvious real life counterparts to all the generic males, but they've just called them generic. How am I supposed to find anything? Or how are you supposed to remember? Oh, uh, you're scrolling through the list. Oh, I liked cocky male too. It's like, no, they're all called generic male one through 800. Yeah. yeah. So just a little bit of compartmentization would, would help there a little bit. Just categorize things, a little, you know, moves, moves, front grapple moves. Uh, top rope moves, you know, just order by, you know, there's none of that in the game. But anyway, so I have the virus comes out, right? It's fucking Private Party's theme song. <laughs> he's got he's got the Vader hands, V for virus. He's clapping. Uh, um, radioactive Mickey gets announced to the ring. Uh, he's horrible looking, big fat fella, big Jeff Hardy eyebrows. Um, and then I play it, and you know the actual the actual storylines are, are simple but are fun. So I. I am um, I'm involved with like a death triangle and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, do, do we want to help this guy beat up whoever beat up Dustin Rhodes? And like, Oh, I'm in the team. And then they attack me. I'm not on the team anymore. And that stuff's fun. But as Joe said, then it's like, okay, uh, you've done your match. So what I want to do is I want to go to the next week and do the next bit of story. No. Yeah. You have to go to a restaurant cause your, your <laughs> uh, battery power has gone down by 38% and your mood is kind of in the middle. You're not in a great mood. And, uh, and so you have to go to a restaurant and I watch the exact same cutscene no matter where you are. Uh, then you have to um, do 
you know, a meet and greet and, and Trent's there. Hey, Trent, how are you? Are you coming for me and my title? Well, I don't know. Uh, anyway, you're not in my storylines. So I will never see you again. Um, take a photo with Trent. And it's just a, a load of pointless plate spinning and, and wheel spinning until you can go back to your, you know, to the next dynamite and, and do the next bit of story. And it was funny because it did come up. I, one of the options I got was do an extra match, dark or rampage. I'm like, okay, well, good on you telling me that Rampage is is completely pointless. <laughs> Only di- dynamite matters. Like the actual bits where you play the match and you get the little storyline progression, that stuff's great. But why they felt the need to be like tack on sim elements and you know uh, resource management and all this nonsense is is such a pain in the hole that I would nearly just skip it. And th- the other thing is. I feel like the game is is so easy that you could, you could probably could just skip all that. Like difficulty, obviously, it's, I think it starts you off on easy by default. I've yeah. bumped that up already to normal, but I find it's way too easy to just win. Um, to the point where I was doing a tag team match, uh, and I had as my one of my finishers the four fifty splash. Right, so I hit I forget who I was, I was against, but I hit them with my. I've been beating up on them for a while. Hit them with my signature move in the center. Go up for the 450 splash. Uh, for some reason, the person that I'm focusing on changes to the guy on the ring apron. I go to jump at him and miss and fall out of the ring. I still, I then get to my feet eventually, which you, uh, which I had another complaint to have in a second. Knock your man off the apron, slide in, and still pin the guy who was in, <laughs> been in the ring for 10 seconds and just pin him. Um. So here's, so here's some minor complaints I have about the, the normal gameplay, right? The actual gameplay, okay. The actual gameplay. There's so many balancing issues where it, it feels like no mercy, basically, but it's just not quite, quite right in terms of how some things happen. So you get knocked down at the start of the game. Like, let's say you get knocked down with uh, immediately a, grapple, a, a light grapple and a suplex. It takes you, like, five seconds to get back up. As if you're already 10 minutes into the match. You're way too slow to get back up initially. Similarly, by the end of the match, there's no recovery. Once you hit danger for the first time, you're fucked for the rest of the match. Yes. Even if you come back into like your green or whatever, um, you just are way too damaged and it's too easy to be beaten. And I actually had that happen to me in, in another um, tag match in, in the career mode where I had as my, again, my finisher was the, the 450 off the top. So I was trying to go up to the top and accidentally like left trigger on Xbox is to go to the top rope, but is also to tag your partner. So instead of going up to the top rope, I tagged him in and he immediately got beaten, even though he hadn't been in the match the whole time. Um, I'll say generally compared to No Mercy, there's like a, a floatiness yes. to everything. Nothing has like a weight to it. Uh, it generally feels uh, a little too light and floaty. Um, so yeah, I just wish that characters were a little bit more resilient um, match because you know you, you can go in and have a match on normal difficulty and be done in about 45 seconds if you just pile drive your way yes yeah I didn't think balancing would be a big issue but I, I do think and I don't know is that part of their whole arcadey aesthetic quick matches and like that's fine but people will also probably want to have epics and yeah like you were saying there you can't really get into that fourth quarter. We're having an epic Kenny Omega Will Osprey match because once you once you're in danger, or once you even just get hit with a finish once, if by some miracle you're in the ropes or you kick out, there is a trait, a resiliency trait that allows you. It slightly increases your chance to kick out from a a, a match ending near fall. 
but then it's kind of like if you get schoolboyed, it's basically over. Like, or if you, I, I, I've also one thing I like about the game is that when you miss drop kicks and things, you can like sell. If especially if it's later in a match, which I think is actually really cool. Especially if you land on a weapon, I was howling on that stream because I was trying to do drop kicks. I kept landing on like thumbtacks and fucking myself up. But it's kind of like towards the end of the match, the balancing is such that when, like you were saying, when you are damaged, your character's just damaged. There's no. It has the no mercy momentum thing, but in the no mercy momentum thing, no matter how long the match is, if you're if you're near special territory, you're not getting pinned. Do you know what I mean? That that was kind yeah. of the, the the joy of it is it had that real uh, uh, wrestling momentum feeling. Whereas in this, it's kind of like because they even have they show your HP in the rating screen at the end of the game. So this the game has like fairly traditional health meter, and it's kind of like. You can be doing great, mounting a great comeback, but if you've already been fucked up in the match, your health is at zero, and it's it doesn't bounce back. It stays at zero. So if Darby Allen hits you with an arm ringer, he can pin you after it because your health's at zero. It's I I think that needs to be to be like I said, I didn't expect this to be a complaint, but I do think they need to rebalance it just slightly, just incorporate the momentum a bit more. It doesn't have to be exactly like it was in No Mercy, but just a little bit that if, if I'm kicking ass and I'm doing great and I'm mounting a comeback, I can't be instantly pinned because, well, five minutes ago you were getting your arse kicked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of that. I think, it, I think it looks good. I mean, one thing that's funny is when you're on the character select screen and they all are like pulling faces, oh, like God. Matt Hardy going, they all look terrible. And when you, sele- when you actually select them and it shows them like standing side by side, they look great. I don't know why that is. I, yeah. I, I generally like the look of it. I think I think the character I models are all good. Uh, it does bring you back to that no mercy feeling where, you know, we obviously thought, actually at the time, we thought that WrestleMania 2000 and no mercy looked like shit. Yes. <laughs> because they, they did, to be honest. But uh, they played super well. So the, the looks weren't, weren't super important. But I like that it's not just a... A WWE 2K23 style photo realistic. Oh my god, look how good they look! I do, I do like this, the the look of it, the style. Yeah, um, I like it too. Yeah, I Can just I like ask? I said. Go ahead. No, you go, you go. I just wish, yeah, I wish that there was a little bit more to the the gameplay because at the end of the day, the the matches themselves are the fundamental part of the game. So if they're a little bit more balanced, had a little bit more feeling of weight to them, more back and forth. And maybe I need to bump the difficulty up even further. Because, again, I do feel like even on normal, it's just too easy. Yeah, I, I just feel like bumping the difficulty won't help. It'll probably just exasperate the problem you and I are having, which is, okay, yeah. maybe the, the middle portion of the match will be hyper-competitive, which is great, but the AI will just try and pin you as soon as your feet leave the ground. And, you know, so... Sure. Um, can I, I want to ask you, too, about two criticisms I've seen of this game, which I don't agree with at all. And I... And, and they, are, they are also criticisms I just don't generally agree with for wrestling games. Uh, people annoyed that this game doesn't have commentary. Why? Yeah, why, it's, like, it's why? shit. It's always shit. It's yeah. always Counterpoint, the commentary that it does have is awful. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, exactly. Well, so frankly, uh, this match that's well, happening here is going to be This might be real, the best match we've ever seen. Players a real can go slobber play knocker. a mini game by navigating <laughs> to that option in the menu and pressing A. I tell you, I don't mind that there's no commentary, but I, I do agree with the, the criticism that instead of commentary, it just has nothing. It plays the background music from so, the menu. Yeah. Really, it plays really, music really low, like really yeah. low. There is an option to turn it up, I found, but it doesn't even go very high. And I was like, I think the like it's not 
your your favorite fucking chart topping artists. I think that the soundtrack is a perfectly good wrestling game soundtrack. It's some hip hop, it's some rock, and it's all the wrestler entrance themes are in there as well, which you can stick on. It is a perfectly fine. I'd be happy for them to be blasting that during the game. And I think the I think the um the crowd audio is really good. I think they did a really good job. Good. Oh, you know, they do all that stuff like an AEW crowd does. Um, so that one I don't care about. I also don't give a shit about the entrances because my thing with a wrestling game is you watch the entrances on the day you buy the game and never again after that. I'm already like, skipping the... They're only seven seconds each. I'm already skipping them in this. I would like the entrances to be... 50% longer than they are. I don't I don't mind that they're not the full... Like WrestleMania 2000, walking down to the ring, it's the yeah. rock, turn up the steps, or up on the rope. I don't mind that it's not a minute and a half long entrance, but I think they are they are too short. Okay. Um, I would like a little bit more of me, because even, even No Mercy just had, they walked out onto the stage, they did their taunt, pyro, and then they and then it cut off. People, I don't think people remember that about No Mercy. They might misremember that with WrestleMania 2000. No Mercy didn't have the part of the entrance where they actually reached the ring. It was just on the stage, almost like uh, Fight Forever is. But Fight Forever is like half, even half on top of that, of how long it is. I like a little bit more meat. A little bit more. I think that's fair. I think, I think that's fair. I, I, I Yeah. Especially because they let you do the camera moving and the pyro thing, which I think is cool. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a gimmick, but I think it's cool. But yeah, you've got like five seconds to do it. Um, that that was yeah, that, and the commentary more than the entrance. But the commentary is one of those things where like this is just a thing that somehow has just become a thing you say. Do you know what I mean? It's just become an expectation. And it's like yeah, okay, like the 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 modern WWE games, uh, like they do a good job of aping the very robotic commentary of the television show, but I don't enjoy it in any meaningful way. And all the classic games either have none or have terrible commentary. Um, You know, but I wouldn't mind if if instead of commentary and instead of the rest of theme songs, if they just had some street fighter esque, you're in a match music that was specific to that rather than it being, you know, uh, hangman's theme song as I'm, you know, Kenny Omega fighting against Moxley, which doesn't make right. a lot of sense to me. Uh, just have some specific. This is the. This is when you're in a match. We have these ten tracks that loop. That's fine to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, even even you're you're as far up as your like Day of Reckoning on GameCube. There was no commentary. Yeah, it was never a problem. Um, and I suppose the last thing we're talking about is the mini games are a shit waste of time. Um, and I don't know if they thought that was going to be some <laughs> Joe's face when you said hilarious, like marketing uh, 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 thing that would like make it stand out. It doesn't. You know what it reminded me of? I remember, um, I remember when Giant Bomb were doing their uh, their series where they were playing through all the Mario Party games, and I remember Gersman going on a rant because he's like, you know, sometimes you'll get a Mario Party mini game and it's like platforming, it's like a race, mm. and he's like. Why the fuck does this Mario game have a jumping section that doesn't feel like Mario and doesn't feel good? Because those are always they always feel like stilted <laughs> shit in those games. And it's the same with this. I played that one where it's like you have to push people off the platform, right? And I'm like, okay, this might be good. It's a wrestling game. You can run, you can attack. No, they completely change the way it feels. They give you two extremely weird uh, attacks and your characters bounce around like morons. I'm like, this feels and looks and is shit by every conceivable metric. 
the pop quiz one is not bad because at the very least they actually got some deep cut questions well let me let me counter your point on the pop quiz one go on i i came across the pop quiz one during my story mode a little bit of aw trivial pursuit i said oh this sounds like it could actually be fun you know stuff like what was the first match on the first dynamite yes um the whole idea of it fell down a little bit, I think, when the game was over and none of my opponents had got a single point. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been beaten by AI once or twice in the quiz. Yeah. No. no. I, I, you, I, I mean, you won. Do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they often beat me, to be fair. You, you pause the, on easy. The one time I've played it, the three opponents combined got zero. Well, that can happen. That can happen, yeah. I, 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 I think there's, there's probably there's probably like better uh, dramatic AI in the quiz game than there is in the <laughs> in the in the actual matches. Um, yeah. I have heard reports of some of the answers being wrong, by the way. Oh, Jesus. Uh, which is funny. This is the other thing as well. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the most on fire game launch of twenty three, but it, it was it was it was not great. There was the um, so the console pre-order editions, the digital... Oh God, there was because there was so many different caveats to the launch. If you pre-ordered it on the Switch, Xbox, or PlayStation Store digitally, the fancy edition with the Season Pass was also supposed to get early access, right? Yeah, I, I that to me, and I didn't realize I had early access. You didn't realize until, it. That was your own... Until 11 p.m. the night before... Your came. own buffoonery caused that, but... Um, yes. True. And they said so everything basically except the Steam version, right? Which is very annoying. <laughs> uh, very some some silly like reason why they, they couldn't do that, right? So uh but they said every other version, if you buy the Elite edition, you get early access. Wednesday, I think it's two PM on lock for the pre order people. Everyone with a switch is going on Twitter going, What's going on? I can't get on. The switch is saying you don't you don't have access to this yet. And they go, Oh, oopsie, I guess not. And they weren't able to fix it, so so people who pre-ordered on Switch were not able to get in on Wednesday, right? So that was uh, that was a, a, a mistake. Then, like, uh, and also, so if you were on the PC, such as I was, you couldn't even uh, get the early access, right? Not only could you not get early access, you couldn't pre-order the game on Steam, right? So they basically, uh, you know, you couldn't. Uh, the, the typical like modern thing that we all like to do, which is you pre-order a game digitally and then you pre-load it so that at unlock time it's there on your device, it's ready to go. Yeah. No, no pre-order for the game. Right, it comes out on Thursday. Uh, they put out a press release They're like, here's when it unlocks. Here's when the digital versions are playable, and it's like two p.m. Irish and UK time. Um, so that's when it unlocks. But even in the run up to 2 p.m., you still can't pre-order it. You still can't preload it. So, not, so like, I had to go and buy it at 2 p.m. I was planning to stream it from 9 a.m. on Thursday because I thought foolishly they'd do a midnight launch because it's a fucking, it's a big launch. We're supposed to be excited about. No, I had to log on, start streaming at 2 p.m. and talk while I downloaded the game because they wouldn't let you preload it on PC. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! Then the PS4 version was apparently unplayable on day one. It was on fire um yeah outside of the actual quality of the game there's been a lot of um a lot of misfires with the development and launch of this um one one more problem i have with it as as someone who who when i play uh when i used to play pro evolution soccer one great joy i used to get out of was going in and modding all the teams into the game one by one creating the little creating the logos pixel by pixel this is literally what i used to do 
and have a full suite of the entire Premier League, all the players correct, are oh, obsessing about it. Yeah. Um, so a few a few nitpicks here. Um, Matt Hardy was a, a pre-order bonus and broken Matt Hardy. Uh, and FTR were the first uh, DLC pack release. Uh, oh, I'm on the language selection screen. Where's where's the broken Matt Hardy option? I don't see it anywhere. Yeah. Um, and FTR, you you pick them pick them for a tag team match. They're coming out separately. What's going on? Um, so the broken Matt Hardy thing, the pre-order bonus, you have to go into the custom wrestler options. Yeah. Go to Matt Hardy, create a new preset, call it broken Matt Hardy, like create it from scratch, call it broken or whatever. Choose the broken apparel save that as a second um attire and then go back to the character select and and on the character select you select matt hardy options and then from there you can change it yeah um kenny omega has four outfits in the game you have to individually assign each one ridiculous um Remember No Mercy? Uh, Remember pressing the C buttons to just get The Rock's other outfit? It was ready why to don't, Why don't the wrestlers just have more than one outfit? It is crazy. And there's also the FDR thing, which you were just about to say. The FDR thing. So they are uh, ostensibly a tag team uh, in, in real life. Go on. Okay, that. tell me more. Uh, FTR, formerly known as The Revival. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're a tag team. They have a tag team ring announcement. They have tag team... Uh, Music. Music pose, uh, except in the game, finisher in, in the game, they're not a tag team, you have to create the tag team. Uh, even worse is the Hardys, um, don't even have, um, what is it that you can't make? It's like, um, they don't okay. have like a, an entrance pose or something. There's, oh, yeah, there's... they don't have an entrance pose, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It what? is so yeah the 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 Matt Hardy thing is crazy the FTR thing is crazy especially because like you the create a tag team screen you go in and it, not only is it annoying that you have to do it it's also as we were talking about earlier with the, how all the things are named and stuff it's not even intuitive you go in you type out the name FTR you you pick their entrance video thankfully that's called FTR give them their music what's it called ftr no it's called dark side of tr which i guess is a dark side of the ring reference for some fucking yeah. reason pick yeah. that then you're like oh i want to give them the shatter machine so there's an option here is like pick their tag team moves uh the every every uh, you, you also have to know it's called shatter machine and not big rig but well, this is exact this is my next thing so so you go in and you're like okay i want to give them their tag team moves and it's like okay each person in a tag team can have four tag team moves that's great. I have no problem with them having between them a combined like eight moves or whatever. But so if the one everyone would know would be Shatter Machine. So I go in and like you just said, I went looking for Big Rig. It's not there. I had to go looking for fucking Shatter Machine. I found it. And they have two other slots. And I'm like, do I just pick random ones or do I like it's 1999? Do I look up a guide? Uh, can someone please put the coordinates for what the finishers are for FTR? Like you've to like you, I shouldn't have to look up what their second and third tag move should be. It should just be in the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it should be. It should be uh, configured automatically. And that's just uh, like that is just like really poxy and like lazy, weird stuff like that. Like it's not game breaking. It's just like yeah, it's a really bizarre, bizarre decision. Yeah, and and I mean I I've. Because I'm a weird obsessive, I've gone through and done all the extra costumes and all the tag teams, and I've done that, but I shouldn't have to. But also, why does Kenny Omega have four costumes 
when someone like off the top of my head, um, I don't know, like Luchasaurus has one look. And actually, Luchasaurus's mask in it looks totally wrong. I assume that's to do with the legal wranglings of recent. But his mask oh, possibly, not, yeah. yeah. Looks, looks way wrong in it. But it's like some wrestlers off the top of my head who should have more than one look don't. And then Kenny Omega's got four. It's like, every, well, first of all, every wrestler should have minimum two and just mm. be pre configured to have that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I mean, we have a lot of a lot of problems with it. It ain't, it ain't perfect. It's it's fun enough to play. It's the diverting enough. Um, I, one thing I haven't tested out is multiplayer. I don't want to get my friend Sean around for a, a few games and see how it holds up as a local multiplayer thing. The other thing, by the way, as Barry said earlier, there's no trios match in it. A, co- a company mm. which has trios tag team titles. Uh, ladder matches only one-on-one. Um, there's no cage match. Um, there's no... Uh, you know, light, you know, lights out falls count anywhere, only singles. You can't do a tag team yes. lights out. You can't do a triple threat lights out. Um, the, uh, the Casino Battle Royal, fun idea, but like... So so execution. So so you can only have four people in the ring at once. So it feels very it feels very antiquated. And a lot of the the issues that lots of games have, where it's just kind of like the Royal Rumble mode. It's like ah, the elimination stuff is just not interesting. It's very basic. The ladder mm. match again. Every WWE game seemingly has a new one of these because none of them are any fun at all. So the ladder match is just kind of like extremely basic. Yeah, I think, the, game, I think the fundamentals of the ladder match are fine. The I, fundamentals I think are fine, but every um, every gimmick match only being one on one is insane, and, and especially like. They have trios titles, but also tag team wrestling is a huge part of their identities. Like, I can't do a tag team lights out or a tag team ladder. Like, come on. Nope. Nope. Um, yeah. Weirdly sparse in that regard. And like the like like bar the exploding barbed wire death is is a cool novelty, but that's what it is. You'll do it once or twice. It's like it's yeah. not it's not an actual mode. It's like it's more limiting than a normal match because you can't fucking leave. Do you know what I mean? It's it's can't hit the ropes. Um uh, yeah. It's it's mad for how long they took putting the game out how little there is in it and how much of it feels unfinished and not correctly configured yeah i i guess i guess that's partly due because they were building their engine from scratch i suppose i suppose yeah. but you know i would hope that it's really you know we, we they have the announcement of what the dlc is going to be but i'm hoping there's going to be more stuff rolled out as well yeah thankfully as they w- walked up to release, they 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 gone kind of quiet on this one. But they'd started again saying like, "Yeah, we are going to do." It's not just this season pass. Like there is other stuff coming. We are doing other stuff, which yeah. is good. But the funny thing is, the price is going to have to be right because I thought before the game came out, there was a lot of people like scoffing at the graphics, going, eh, "It doesn't look like a full price game." And like, well, like graphics don't really equate to price, but content does, and I do feel like it's actually a fair criticism now that the game is out. I think it's. It's bare enough that I could say, you know what? My recommendation would be wait for a sale. If you don't have it already and you're on the fence, I would wait for a sale. And I I bet a lot of people are kind of wishing that that Game Pass rumor came out to be true, which obviously it didn't. Yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's an element of of um, supporting the company that you like to it. Yes, totally, totally. Because I, I want the game to be a success because I want them to do another one or keep supporting this one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they come out and they say, all right, lads... Collision That's Arena, it. Jamie Hader, Claudio, 20 more quid, please. I'm going to, whoa, whoa. I gave you 80, brother, and I didn't even get early access because I was playing on the PC. All right. So I'll, I'll take E Collision Arena for free. Thank you. 
And I'll take that little balancing update as well so I can kick out after a schoolboy, if you don't mind. Thank you. I'll take that <laughs> I, love, I love your readers. <laughs> yes, thank you. No, not paying you for that either. I'll have that. Um, <laughs> I like that six of your readers are just the same as well. Yeah, I mean, that's just AEW, though. <laughs> AEW, unfortunately. And the funny thing is, where, where's Double or Nothing with the big fucking chips from the first one? It has, it has chips. Oh, they're in that? Okay. Yeah, and, and Revolution has the big ramp, the, you know. Yeah, um, nice. The funny thing is, it's going to get harder to distinguish them. That's the problem. That's the problem. The modern WWE games have. Th- thankfully, they all put in like classic arenas because all their shit looks identical. And AEW's is going to look very similar now as well because they've done the big, the big screen mm. thing. But um, that's fight forever. Um, and look, it seems like it's going to be a game where they're going to be like, we're putting out more stuff. So we'll do regular check-ins. You know, they've they've got. Keith Lee and the Bunny, and they've got Hookhausen coming soon, and then yes. hopefully after that, mm. uh, we will get like, more updates to the actual oh, game. I want to play as Arn Anderson. I should release the Arn. I'm shocked they didn't put more legends in it, because I'm, I'm kind of like, I remember when they announced it, people were like, oh, look at all the people they have as agents who could easily sign, a, like, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, uh, Jerry Lynn, so, you know, Big Show, they got Big Show, like, they put Tully Paul Blanchard. White in. Yeah. Say what? Tully Blanchard, Mark Henry. Tully Blanchard, Mark Henry, like, like I Hello. thought, since they, since they put, like, like and Owen obviously was a great get. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, no, didn't. That's a shame. Anyway, that's, uh, that is our, our extensive Fight Forever uh, uh, review. Um, they should have made it free to play. That's my... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <nice>. And then <laughs> just sold the, sold the DLC. Every, and you get John Moxley free and everyone else is, like, a Euro. Yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, that is Fight Forever. We will check in on that regularly, I would imagine, because that that will be in the uh, that'll be in the respective consoles for quite a while. I'm certain of that. So, um, yeah. uh, up next, what's this? I see on this rundown. Do we have a quiz? We have a little quiz, not not too big a quiz, because I knew that we're going to be talking about lots of stuff already. But I have a new little. I don't think it's even a new quiz, but it's just just an, a format that I thought we we do because there's some some anniversaries happening right around now. Uh, it's called Brack Your Brains. Um, so it's it's uh, the 25th anniversary of the 1998 King of the Ring. Mm. Mankind Undertaker held a cell, Kane, Steve Austin, WWF title match. Um, but obviously King of the Ring was a tournament. Uh, and also we have the Owen Hart uh, tournament kicking off. Uh, this last week as well. So, what the game is is we'll go back and forth. I'll flip a coin. One of these will go first. Uh, naming people who are in these various tournaments, and you'll get one point for each uh, one you get right. If you can't name one, it goes back to your opponents, and they get an extra, an extra go basically until until we can't name any more. So it won't just be uh, uh, strictly back and forth. So I'll flip a coin. Uh, Barry, do you want to call it? Heads. It is tails, I'm afraid. Dang it. So, Joe, if you want to go first. Yeah. First uh, category is King of the Ring 1998. People who were in the King of the Ring tournament that year. And just one one name, and then we'll go to Barry. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, of course, the winner. Joe, that's one point for you. Barry. The Rock. The Rock. Runner-up. Uh, one point for Barry. Joe, back to you. I'm out of ideas now. Uh, <laughs> Val Venus. Val Venus, not correct. Barry. X-Pac. Correct. One point for you. Joe. Uh, Gold Dust. Incorrect. Barry, back to you. Billy Gunn. 
Not correct. Joe, back to you. There's 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 quite a few names in here that you you would recognize. Mark Henry. Correct, Joe. For one point. Come on, Barry. Over to you. Uh, Bradshaw. Not correct, Joe. Um, 1998. Road Dog. Not correct, Barry. Wow. Um. Uh. Oh Jesus. Um. Ahmed Johnson. Not correct, Joe. I think he's probably gone. I don't even think he's in the company at that stage. I'm not sure. Farouk. Correct. Dang it. Barry. Gangrel. Nope. Joe. Owen Hart. Correct. (laughs) Oh. Barry. Um. China. Nope. Joe. China. Something like Trump, man. <laughs> um, uh, who else was around in 98? Probably. Um, <sighs> Triple H. Correct. Barry. <coughs> Kane. Nope. Joe. I didn't think so. Um, uh, D'Lo Brown. Correct. <laughs> Barry. How did I not get Dino? Oh my god. Um, recognize. Godfather? Oh. I'll, gi- I'll give it to you. Kama Mustafa. Kama Mustafa. Right. <laughs> uh, we finally got all the Nation of Domination guys here. We are the Nation. They're all in it. Joe, uh, uh, Darren Draws Drozdov. Incorrect. So, oh, we didn't mention him in the news. We didn't mention sadly, Rest in Peace to Draws. All right, Draws. Apologies no. for that. Barry, back to you. Um, we might be close to tapping out. I don't know how many more we're going to get. Golga. Not Golga. I'll give you a clue. None of the oddities were in it, I'm afraid. Okay, uh, thanks. Joe, do you want? We, we'll do one more round. Al Snow. Al Snow. No, Al Snow. I think he might have been ECW at the time. Barry, one more. One more. Um, uh, Takamishinoku. No. Okay, so round one, Joe, score is six three to Joe. Ooh, daddy. Okay. Um, the other names were Dan Severn, oh, uh, current current AEW superstar, JEWF. Oh, I was ah, going to say yeah. Jeff, but I, was, Jeff, I thought he'd gone. Uh, Mark Marrow, Two oh. Cold Scorpio, Steve Blackman, oh. uh, Terry Funk, <laughs> and Vader. Jeez, what a lineup! Oh, I, me- I mentioned on the show. It's like the G one. Yeah, that's a pretty good lineup <laughs> yeah. for, for a bunch okay. of like sixty second the, matches. The Rock probably. and Terry Funk and Vader all in one tournament. <laughs> okay, next round. This is, and I will, I will put the caveat, including qualifying matches. Owen Hart Women's Tournament. Okay, and uh, Barry, you can go first on this one for last year. I assume is it. For 2022. Okay. Uh, Britt Baker. Correct. Nyla Rose. Incorrect. Barry, back to you. Uh, Ruby Soho. Correct. Joe. Um, Hikaru Shida. Correct. Barry. Riho. Correct. 
<laughs> Serena Deep? Nope. All right, back to mm. you. Overthinking it, Joe. There's a lot of names on here we shouldn't get. Sorry. Sky Blue. <laughs> Correct. Was she around the year ago? As a jabroni, yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Um. God, who else is in the women's division? Um. Uh, Anna J. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to you. Uh, Red Velvet. Correct. Joe. Ty Conti. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Very back to you. Uh, okay, I, I don't think I don't think this to be right, but I'll take a pop anyway. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Yes, correct. <laughs> no, back to you. Um, break the streak. Come on, you can do it. It's possibly left. Um, I can't even think of anyone. Um, oh god! I feel like we've named everyone. No, there's lots. There's lots left. No, they can't be. There are Tony Storm. Correct, <sighs> Barry. Back to you. <laughs> uh, Ryu Mizunami. No, okay. incorrect. Joke. Back to you. Jamie Hayter. Correct. Barry, back to you. Uh, Abaddon? No. Mm. Joe. Willow Nightingale. Correct. Oh, oh. Barry, back to you. Mm. I say there's, there's, there's three really, really gettable ones still in there. Uh, Kira Hogan? Not Kira Hogan. Sorry, ah. back to you. Um, uh, what's her name? Reba. Reba. Rebel. No, not Rebel. Oh, Sorry. God. Imagine. Barry, back to you. Um, uh, I don't think she was in it, but I'll, I'll go anyway. Thunder Rosa? Not Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Joe. Ivelisse. Not Ivelisse. We'll do one more round. Barry, one more guess. Athena. Not Athena. Joe, last one. Um, what was the other one? Was doing? Uh, oh, God knows. Uh, uh, Marina Shafir. Not Marina. Good not guess. Here, I'm afraid. Uh, so this this round was six four to Barry, which makes the score, if I'm not mistaken, ten nine to Joe going into the last round. Very close. I mean, you guys unfortunately will be kicking yourselves when you use some of these names. Uh, Chris Statlander. Ah, God. Julia Hart. Yeah, oh, of course. Go Bunny. Oh, the bunny. Yeah, our girl, the bunny. Head of the table. Uh, and then some, some of the tougher ones. Maki Ito. Maki Ito oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had uh, Robin Renegade, one of the Renegades. Yeah. And right. I, w- I would have given five bonus points if anyone had gotten this one. Danielle Camella, the former uh, Vanessa Bourne from NXT. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He was around for a minute. Okay. And final one, Joe, you're up first. It's the Owen men's tournament from last year. Joe, you're ahead by a point. Off you go. Adam Cole. Correct. Barry. Kyle Riley. Correct. Samoa Joe. Correct. Dax Harwood. Correct. Uh, the other one. <laughs> That's his hair. The, um, the one with the hair and the beard. Uh, Cash Wheeler. Correct. Uh, oh, God. I'm flat out already. Um, uh, Bobby Fish. Correct. Dustin Rhodes. No. Oh, he's usually in them. Not this one. Barry. Okay. Uh, oh, God. Ricky Sachs? Nope. Damn. Willie Hobbs? No Willie Hobbs. Barry. He's got no Willie. Um, ra- radioactive Willie. Uh... Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. Orange Cassidy. No. Yeah. Um still some, still some big names in here. Darby Allen? Darby Allen's there. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Um Sammy Guevara. No Sammy Guevara, I'm afraid. Joe. Brody King? No Brody either. Brian Cage. Nope. Ethan Page. No, even though he's on every show, he wasn't on this. <laughs> Fucking liar. He wasn't even uh, in there. Matt Hardy. Nope. Oh, that's a good one there. Um, Fuck. Uh, TK's not a good tournament booker. That's why he's not, as st- <laughs> he's not stuck with me. I remember the finals and that's it. We do, we do a few more rounds. We won't uh, uh, Miro. No Miro, no. You got one, Barry? Still some big names in here. Hangman. No hanger. Tremperetta. No. We do two more rounds. Uh, God damn. These are all going to be really annoying when we hear them as well. Yeah. Um, literally going through the fucking game roster in my head. I'm like, who the fuck would be in this fucking thing? Jack Perry. Jungle Boy was there. Very correct. Oh. Um, Chuck Taylor. No Chuck Taylor. Barry, last guess. Okay. Um, who would who would <laughs> fucking Perry wrestle? <laughs> God. Lance Archer? No big Lance, I'm afraid. Joe, you have one more. Final Luchasaurus. No Luchasaurus either. Okay. Shit, this round, shit tournament. This round, 4 4. 
Final score, 13 to 12 to Joe. Very, very close. Oh, I thought I might have clenched him there at the end. No, I'll give you the names. Uh, Dante Martin. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Not Hardy was Hardy guess, was Jeff Hardy was in it. Uh, the recently returned and since renamed Johnny Elite. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, Max Caster was in it. Okay. But not Anthony Bones. Mm. Uh, he might have been injured at the time. Ray Phoenix. Swerve Strickland. Yeah, these are all very gettable. I don't know what we're doing. And Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, Ishii. Ishii was, uh, was over. Because yeah, yeah. it would have been around the same time as Forbidden Door, I guess. So, Yeah, the final, the final is right. So there you go. That is your your quiz. Uh, I do have an email if you want to segue into it, because it is quiz-themed. Absolutely. Subject puzzling from Michelle who I met the other week. Hi, Paul. It seems like Only Connect is the newest game everyone is stealing. <laughs> I'll correct you there, Michelle. Um, only Lore Connect is the quiz that people are stealing. And it's completely unrelated to, to BBC4. Exactly, exactly, exactly. uh, there's a New York Times version, uh, which is easier but fun to do daily. Michelle did send me the link to that mm. uh, a little while ago, and I, I did do it. It was fun. Uh, This weekend, though, we found Channel 5 aired the show Puzzling, hosted by Lucy Worsley. It was a bit weird and complicated for complicated sake. I want to hear your thoughts and suggest you check it out at least once. What what is Puzzling, Joe? I've never... It's an Only Connect ripoff, Um, basically. (laughs) It's it's a quiz show on Channel 5 that's trying to be sort of an in, one of those intellectual quiz, like Only Connect, but it doesn't have the strength of the format and it doesn't have the banter. They've just got mm. Lucy Worsley in because she's a posh documentary presenter and they're trying to recreate that vibe. But like much many of Channel 5's programmes, it's not fit yeah, for Yeah, Victoria Cohen-Mitchell human is, is funny in the role as well. She's funny yeah. as well as being a bit of a posh, you know, thinking thinking man's totty kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> that's what they're going for, but yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'll check it out. But um, I think Only Connect is... A quiz format that lends itself to borrowing, I would say, more so. Mm, than mm. Certainly, we've liberally borrowed from it with uh, mixed results. But anyway, thank you for the email, Michelle. Uh, Barry, do you have an email as well? I do have an email also from Michelle. Thank you very much, Michelle, from uh, for reaching out. She says, "Missed you on the show." Thank you very much, Michelle. Greatly appreciated. I just wanted to share that I finished the book tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and loved it. Gaming and gaming history is a big theme, which I think you'll love, and the central relationship is so good. It was one of the best books of 2021. And I think it just came out on paperback. Would love to hear your thoughts, and I think Paul would like it too. Well, I'll tell you what, Michelle. I'm going on holiday soon, later on this month, getting some uh, books ready for the holiday. I do have uh, the Young Bucks book that I believe I got for Christmas. I have that lined up. Uh, Is it called The Young Book? Uh, It it absolutely should have been, though. It's called Killing the Business, which is a much more annoying name. Um, (laughs) A much more on-brand name. So I have that. Um, uh, lined up. It looks quite small, though, so I am looking for more reading. Um, I did actually, for my uh, birthday, which was recently, um, uh, my better half did get me the first two editions of the Snowpiercer graphic novel. Ooh, That's coming on. It's a good movie. And I shall add 
tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, right now, to my Amazon basket. Mm. It is on paperback, in fact, and it is on Prime. I'm going to grab that right now. I'm going to add it to my holiday list. How about that? Thank you very much, Michelle, for the recommendation. I will also say I've neglected for about two months at this stage to mention uh, some rare book guff. Mm. Uh, I did finish Moxley's book ages ago, and I forgot ah, to talk about it. great. It's great. I don't really have too much to say about it. It's Moxley's book. It's great. Um, and I, I listened did, to the audiobook version of it. Which I heard is fantastic, and which I believe it would be. Because so much of his voice comes through the book that I imagine the actual voice is even better. Um, but after that, I have started the Nitro book uh, ah. by Guy Evans, which I am uh, greatly enjoying. It's it's it, it, like I know people might be a little bit worn out on WCW history. That can be a bit hard to stomach yet again. But it is great. And he, he eh, you know, some of the things in the book, I'm a little bit kind of like, OK, this this seems to be taken like uh, certain wrestlers at face value, which I don't know if I would do that. But um what I do love about his particular spin on it is that he's spoken to like every like TBS person, a bunch of WCW like office and marketing and HR people. It's not just fucking Eric Bischoff going, well, of course we won a lot. Um, <laughs> and uh, the key to it was, I believe it was, I booked um, Hogan. Um, he beat someone. Anyway, everyone agreed I was class as a result. Um, <laughs> It's not just that. It's a super thorough diving into the 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 weeds and speaking to the Turner people and flipping like getting actually quoting the documentation from the WWF lawsuits about the outsiders and stuff like that. It's proper, proper into the weed stuff. It's not just and of course they'd never seen someone come through the crowd before Scott Hall did it. Can you believe that? Well, I mean conversely through the title. I really, I mean, I really like the Brian Alvarez rise and fall of WCW. Yes, so do I. But that's very surface level in the way. But it is, is. yeah, it is that. It is. Can you but, believe but very, this booking? It is that. You know. <laughs> but, but I, I similarly, I listened to the audiobook version of that. It was like a, it was like a nine hour podcast. It was very funny. Read uh, by Brian, is it, or Ardy Evans? Read, read by Brian. Read by Brian. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Michelle. I have added uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow to my. Uh, I'll recommend uh, Zelda. Book of something. That's my book recommendation. <laughs> book of art. Uh, what's it? What do I? No, some of these are, are actual books. Hang on. What's this one? This one's called Zelda: The History of a Legendary Zaga Volume Two: Breath of the Wild. So there you go. Okay. That's a shoot. That's a shoot book, book brother. That's not a. That's not an art book, right? Not the Zentanola art book, obviously. Yeah, I've. Uh, <laughs> I've got 15 of those. All righty. Uh, we will move on here. Now, we are, we started a bit late, and we are, we're getting yeah, into the, we, the we, we talked about enough wrestling. We've talked know. about the wrestling. I didn't watch Collision. Was there anything? Was Collision? It seemed like it was all right. Was it worth watching? <sighs> it was okay. I, I Go ahead, Joe. I have one point I want to make about oh, it. I just going to say, I've this is the third, third episode of Collision. I really enjoy it because it, it kind of reminds me of the the kind of better golden age of dynamite <laughs> where you just get five or six <laughs> very good matches. You kind of knew what you were getting some good promos. There isn't like huge angles, twists and turns. It's pretty basic, but the kind of progressive storytelling every week. I like what they're doing with punk and Joe, how they've built that up, but also punk and JY is kind of being built. Even I think punk and Ricky Starks is a little bit of a hint towards that. Cause if you see, if you see the backstage promo, well, they're going to probably meet in the final, but also in the backstage promo, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but punk was like, 
I don't need henchmen. I've got friends. I've got FTR. He didn't mention that he's Ricky Starks' friend. Mm, and I think yeah. maybe Ricky Starks is going to be a little bit angry about that because he wants to be his friend. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I just I like that they're doing very kind of simple storytelling. My nick, nitpick would be that I think Kevin Kelly is just not very good as a commentator. He just has no energy whatsoever. Yeah. I think Nigel's pretty good as a colour guy. He's quite funny sometimes and he, he puts over the matches, does what he needs to do. Kevin Kelly, not great, but they can't get Excalibur to do another two hours. The man will die, basically. So, <laughs> Anyway, I enjoy Collision. Look forward to watching that on a, on a Sunday morning from now on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll uh, jump in here to the well let me let me just make make my one point about collision Go on. is um i think I, I i will as much as possible try to watch it live i do like that it's not on rampage late if you're up still around half 12 you oh, stay up half an hour longer watch at least some of collision i do i i like that element of it i do like the simplicity of it as well as joe mentioned um i will say though we're three weeks in and CM Punk is already starting to feel like just a guy. Like mm. the specialness of it is, is kind of already worn off almost, which is a criticism we often give to WWE, but I feel like with Collision, Punk was out on commentary this week and his commentary was so just bland. He didn't really say anything witty or funny. He was just, you know, the Samoa Joe guy. He, he He's real tough, let me tell you. And... You know, if I had to fight him or Roderick Strong, I don't know that I'd have a preference. But, you know, I've never beaten Samoa Joe. Like, there was no energy. There was no fucking pipe bomb. As much as I hate to say pipe bomb. I yeah, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There was none, none to it. And I, th- I feel like what, we, what we've missed with Punk these last three weeks he's been back is just some fucking angle. Like, even what I... They, they did at the end of Collision, like, a... Um, the most out of nowhere stretcher job. Like Roger Strong took a move almost onto a chair. They're like, well, get the fucking EMTs out here. It wasn't like they filmanized them or anything. I would have had like a little like while while they're watching Strong get wheeled away, maybe a switchblade comes out of the crowd and attacks Punk and you have something. Oh my god, Punk got beat up. Just nothing. Like uh, as as nice as it is to have him back, I just feel like we've not got any fucking meet with him being back there's no, no angle has happened no storyline has happened the storyline is he's in this tournament and he has to fight Samoa Joe and then fight the winner but there's no nothing they use you know even even the promo at the start where he, as Joe referenced he was like I got friends over here but it's just the most run-of-the-mill pro wrestling interview it wasn't what we know Punk is really good at which is the kind of seething I'm gonna get you, kind of. Kind yeah, of. and and as a result, Collision, as 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 fun as it is, and as Joe mentioned, I, I do I do still really enjoy watching it for for the reasons mentioned. But I feel like it can use a little bit more of a through line, a little bit more energy through it. Um, and also, let's fucking give Miro something to do for Christ's sake. Two fucking squashes two weeks in a row. Give him a storyline, for God's sake. It does feel it's not. I mean, it, it is not helping the B show feeling that there doesn't appear to be angles on this show, you know. Um, but yeah, we will uh, we will continue to keep an eye on Collision and dissect yeah. it as we go along. I don't even remember Dynamite it was that long ago. Uh, Sting nearly killed himself, but it was kind of class. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, when when that happened, 
the initial obviously reaction was, oh Jesus. I'll tell you what though, he got further than I thought he was gonna get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when Darby, you know, obviously they did a little bait and switch that Darby was climbing up the ladder and then Sting had let me do it. I was thinking, Jesus, even for Darby, that's gonna be a hell of a jump. But Darby could probably just about get it. And then when like 69-year-old Sting is gonna go for it, it, it looked really far. Yeah, he made it. He made it enough that you could, you could feasibly say that he he got there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it it didn't strain believability. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, it strained believability in the sense of why did they have the table so far away in the first place? You know, yes. the table should have been right by the ladder for Sting to just plop onto them. Sting doesn't need to be doing a Shane McMahon fucking leap of faith elbow drop through the announce table 15 feet away you know yeah anyway uh what movies did you watch this week boys Mm. joe do you want to go ahead i got a couple um 10 things i hate about you the uh late 90s teen comedy uh based on the taming of the shrew by mr william shakespeare uh, which I'd never seen before. Michelle was a big fan of it, so we watched it. So it was Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Julia Stiles. Those are great actors, actually. It's not your typical team kind of movie from yeah. era. Like all these actors went on to do like really good things. Um, but it's it's very very fun, and uh, Heath Ledger is brilliant in it. And actually, they all are, they're all really good. It's 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 a fun movie. That it also stars um, Larissa Olnyek, who played uh, Alex Mack in the Secret Life of Alex Mack. Or, <laughs> wow, you know, as you remember, Nickelodeon. It's back in the day. Um, yeah, so essentially the the conceit is Heath Ledger's being paid to go out with Julia Stiles' character so that her sister, played by Larissa Olnyek, can go out to the prom or whatever. Like, her dad won't let her go out unless the other the older sister has a date as well. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of that conceit, but it's, it's very funny and, and the characters are very charming. And it's, it's very, you know, millennial. It's one of those kind of movies, but um, very, very good. Also watched The Lost King, um, which is a more recent movie, um, written and produced by Mr. Steve Coogan, who also mm-hmm. has, plays a supporting role. Um, it's based on a true story about a woman that was kind of on a quest to try and locate the remains of King Richard III, who was a kind of infamous king in British history, who was um, kind of vilified in a Shakespeare play. And is considered this kind of real like villainous usurper of a king. Um, but she didn't believe this and she thought he'd been kind of maligned by history because he was like a hunchback and disabled, allegedly kind of had a disability as well. I think the character of Tyrion in, in Game of Thrones is actually sort of based loosely on him as this mm. kind of like actually good guy who was then vilified based on not, you know, having a disability or kind of being a bit unusual. Um so yeah, anyway, it's about her trying to locate his his remains, which were never found and are kind of buried somewhere. So I thought it was going to be a bit of a kind of uh, knockabout, like whimsy, kind of f- full Monty calendar girls. Um, this woman goes off to find, you know, the lost king sort of thing. But actually it was a bit darker than that and a bit more tense. Uh, Sally Hawkins is the lead and she plays, she's obviously fantastic. She voices usually. And um, yeah, she plays this kind of woman who's really going through a, a tough, tough time and is sort of using this as an escape from you know the demons in her life and kind of explores her obsession with that and how using this as a sort of outlet. But yeah, it's quite a, quite a fun movie. Steve Coogan does a Scottish accent, which uh, <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't wouldn't recommend that, but it's mine. yeah, de- decent film otherwise. And that's all I've been watching this week. Radio, two movies for me. Uh, Mission Possible Dead Reckoning is coming out soon. Oh yes. Oh baby, I think it's the tenth of July. Yes. So we're like a week and a a little bit away. Um which I'm very much looking forward to. So we're going to go back and watch the previous six. I'm working my uh, way through as well. Which I have on uh, Thank the Lord for Physical Media. Got all six here. Uh, watch the first one, which I think is the first time revisiting it since I watched it for the first time when I was a kid. Uh, and I found it very, very confusing back then. And watching it this time, I was like, ah, this is very straightforward. What was I confused by? And then you get into the second half and it, it does get a little bit not confusing, but you're watching on this is trying to be too twisty. Yes. Um and, and there's there's certain um reveals that I think are done a little clunkily. Uh but it's great. I mean I I love the opening um heist or whatever you want to call it, where uh they're they're going to get the, the knock list as it's called. And one by one the team start getting killed and you realize there's a a mole on the inside who's you know killing the team from the inside out and only tom cruise escapes this is all within the first like 20 minutes <laughs> um and I, I thought that was done super well it's, it, it's a brian de palma directed film and it's very brian de palma there's some some like f- specific focus shots and a lot of dutch angles and stuff that make it feel very like claustrophobic like the world is like caving in on top of tom mm-hmm. cruise as he's trying to like escape and doesn't know who's after him and who's 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 a mole and who's good and who's bad. Um and then you have obviously the famous lowering down into the the room with the like pressure pads and heat temperature detection and all that stuff is all great. Um so yeah, I mean despite the fact that it doesn't quite follow the same model as as the modern ones, uh almost kind of like Fast and Furious, where Fast and Furious was initially about street racing, and now it's about fucking mad heists and cars on the moon and stuff. Um, Mission Impossible used to just be a very tight, very simple, although, as I mentioned, at, at some point during the movie, mm. it becomes less less simple. But a simple, slick, tight thriller, espionage thriller, very different feeling from Bond. Uh, very much more kind of adult feeling. Um, hints of almost, I would say, hints of like Final Destination to the opening, like forty-five minutes, mm. but like really, really entertaining, really well constructed, well written. Nothing feels like goofy or cheesy. It's really well done. And then at the end, you have the big action set piece, which I think holds up kind of surprisingly well. Really, um, I, I I felt like that was the part where I was like, oh, this this looks old. <laughs> no, I thought it looked better than I than I thought it was gonna, based on my memory of it. Um, but no, I, I was I was certainly impressed, and I think you know where's John Reno at? Why is we he not in more movies these days? Uh, and also, why is there so many French people in this movie when it's not set in or around France? <laughs> I was a little bit confused by. No, I th- I, I thought it was really really great. Um. I do prefer where the series ultimately goes to become like a, a Tom Cruise vanity kind of project where he just mm. gets to do mad oh, shit. Oh, I'm doing all the stunts myself. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, to, to the point where he's almost becomes the director. But I do like this early one where it has a very much a director's vision 
and it's it's very much its own thing, even though it has some of the same hallmarks of like everyone's someone else under a mask and constant deception and twists and double crosses and you know turn your back on people and all this stuff. I I was thoroughly thoroughly entertained by it. That was really really good. Well worth well worth revisiting. But I'm obviously still I'm anxious to get to four five six because that's when you get the fucking the great shit. Um. I also watched Rocky for the first time. The first one? The first one. CM Punk. Yeah. So I picked up uh, the 4K Blu-ray while I was in London. Um, So I did give it a watch. No, I'd never seen Rocky. And unlike CM Punk, I wasn't proud of it. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's it's really great. Um, Stallone is is very good in it. He's he's kind of not quite yet the uh, meat-headed, <laughs> like a young young Stallone. He's very very personal, very likable as as the kind of protagonist. Uh, Carl Weathers is great as Apollo Creed. I wish we got more of him in the movie. If anything, he's kind of in it too fleetingly, but very good also. Um, uh, I would say the only thing. I mean, I think there's a stretch to believability a bit. In terms of the actual sporting story of it, um, so essentially, it, and I, I didn't realize, by the way, that r- the story of Rocky was so close to the story of the Homer They Fall. Because if you look up the Wikipedia entry for the Homer They Fall, there's no mention of Rocky in it, even though the plot of that episode is essentially the plot of Rocky. Hmm. So Apollo Apollo uh, Creed uh, has a fight scheduled, big world title fight, and the other guy has to pull out. And it's too close to the fight date for for a suitable replacement to be brought in. They they have a scene where they're like, "What about the number five guy?" No, he's he says four weeks isn't enough time for him to prepare or whatever. Mm. So they say, "Okay, from a marketing point of view, let's bring in a, a white collar regional guy mm. because it's it's said on the two hundredth anniversary of the formation of the United States." So it's like a big, uh, big promotional match, and so they. Bring Rocky, Rocky, who who's kind of a, a hard nosed kind of, he's working for like gangsters, going breaking mm-hmm. thumbs for for people who owe money and so, um, and Rocky trains as hard as he can, and Apollo uh, is like fucking smoking cigars and not bothered. I still feel like Apollo just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Were that fight to really happen, and so there's a little bit. Of, it was based on a partially true story though. Of a journeyman who uh, fought Muhammad Ali, right? I feel like you can't. You know, you could have a a fight where a guy just takes a beating for twelve rounds or fifteen rounds, whatever it is. Yeah. Although he breaks uh, Creed's ribs at the end, and he's punching him in the ribs after the ribs are broken, and Creed's just not selling it. This, this is a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit silly here. I will say as well, the the actual boxing scenes themselves. They aren't on par with what we have nowadays. Where, like, the you watch a modern, I want to say, like Creed, and the boxing looks phenomenal. Mm. Here in in Rocky, and you got to give it some credits from like nineteen seventy six. It's quite quite an old movie, but it looks like a like a Hollywood fight scene rather than a gritty real boxing fight. But yeah, you give it the benefit of that. I mean, I I I was still very impressed by it. I thought it was very very good. Great performances across the board. Um, simple, nice little story. The scene where he runs up the the steps of the uh, the museum in Philadelphia mm. with with the 
uh, what's the song called? Gotta fly now. Gotta fly now. It's fucking okay, brilliant. It's, uh-huh. it's it's great. It's it's super iconic, and the movie is very iconic in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think I think it's good enough that it stands on its own feet, even without knowing the kind of the big beats of it. Mm. So yeah, thumbs up. So what I want to do now is ask the, the the people who would know better than me. Like aside from the first Rocky, what are the other ones worth watching? Three, two, no, two, two is pretty good as well. Three is uh, that's the Club of Lang one, which is decent. Four is four is the one everyone thinks of as like Rocky as an eighties movie, even though it's a seventies movie originally. But four is is ridiculous, but kind of worth watching for the, the silliness of it. Five is genuinely bad and uses a lot of like recycled footage. As four does as well. Like I think there, there was a statistic that five only has like an hour of new footage in it or something like <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> then you jump forward to like Rocky Balboa, which is actually pretty good um, kind of reboot of it. Um, and then yeah, the Creed, Creed, which you see, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I've, I've, only, I've only now seen Rocky and Creed. So I've seen the two first ones. Of course. Yeah, I, it's worth watching all of them, to be honest. If, for Some of them so bad it's good, uh, but mostly, right. mostly good. I would say. Although, didn't they bring out a re-edited version of four? Yeah, they, yeah. They, there's like a robot in it, and they took that out. I think, I, yeah, possibly. There were some changes. Um, I haven't seen that one there. I only watched the originals. Okay, well, I, I'll have to check out because I, I thought it was very good. So I, I'll mm. have to check out some more of them. Uh, if if two has more Apollo in it, I'm all for it because he's yeah. he was great. Carol Weathers is, is really really great. Mm. That's all I watched. Just the two of them. Well, I'm also on the uh, Mission Impossible rewatch wagon, uh, and I'm very happy to report we've gotten to the good ones. Um, so, what? Remind me what you thought of one, two, three, just quickly. Uh, one very cool, very weird that it's a De Palma thing, but cool and just slightly aged in some ways, but it's cool. Two, also super weird. Don't know why one of the greatest action filmmakers of all time was like. I have to make a sexy movie about Thandie Newton and Tom Cruise, even though they have no chemistry. <laughs> uh, but the bits where he made an action movie were good, uh, but overall, not great. And then a uh, third one, almost really good, but turn on the lights, JJ, you wanker. I can't see what's happening. Stop shaking that book, camera, you cunt. I'm trying to watch this film. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's here. He's cool. He's been a really good villain. He's like, He's like menacing, but look like I'm watching this on a TV where the contrast knob is broken. Um, yeah, I, the first three Mission Impossible films are weird. Hot, three extremely different directors made three weird films with their own positives and negatives. It's kind of amazing that we eventually got to the Brad Bird for number four. Yeah, the the, the kind of extremely reliable powerhouse action blockbuster bonanza that we're at today. But yeah, we got to, um, I forgot that it was actually Brad Bird who did this one and it wasn't, uh, not uh, Macquarie, not Macquarie the whole way through, but to be fair, Mr. Bird did a, a solid <laughs> well, job. That's because, because by this stage, Tom Cruise was just directing them basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this one is, is, I mean, I think it does get in a little bit to the, you know, 
how would I, I, I say this? It is very odd that the fourth film would would be called this, but I do think that it it blows away the first three. I mean, even even to Palmer's original, which has a little bit of his cool factor to it. Um, I just think it's such an extremely well-made action movie. I think it starts something that all three of, of that second trilogy do, and hopefully Dead Reckoning does as well, which is it does something more interesting with the characters. It does a really good balance of we're going to give you what you want, all right? You're going to get the Mission Impossible stuff, but we're going to we're also going to have a something resembling an interesting story. Like this is the so Ghost Protocol is the one where IMF is effectively kind of disbanded and they're kind of having to improv and the whole Dubai section they're kind of like using these last bits of equipment they've like stolen from the last kind of cash type thing. And and I I just find all the 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 tech scenes in this film really great i love the uh the kremlin illusionary wall scene is right. maybe my favorite scene in the whole in the whole trilogy that doesn't involve tom cruise like fucking himself up um <laughs> it's such a perfect balance of stupid sci-fi tech but also weirdly realistic and practical in a way that it still has tension uh it's it's very well done um yeah the only thing uh, uh you know, as as this franchise is now becoming so synonymous with being the big Tom Cruise vehicle that's all practical and, and he's saving action cinema. This one has ropey CGI. They do a very big, extremely big in scope explosion around like a third of the way through the film. It just doesn't look very good. because um, it's like a, a a gargantuan like terrorist attack, the 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 likes of which um would be very hard to do in a practical sense but it's good it's great it's it's you know it's it's um like i think i think it easily blows away the 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 first three because the first three all have various things that undercut them i feel like a little bit and this one is just a really solid um uh film so yeah i watched that and i'm looking forward to getting to the macquarie's uh, uh before before dead reckoning uh we rewatched the first harry potter for some reason because we were just having a bit of a movie day yesterday i kind of i always forget how in that first one it's not nearly as much as you would want of all these sort of legendary british character actors and it's like an awful lot of kids <laughs> who aren't who would go on to be really good and in these movies, but also in you know have their own careers and stuff. But in this first one, they're just they're not they're great. Children. They are just children plucked from obscurity, and and they're not terrible, but they're not they can't carry the the weight of the film. Um, and that's a that's a film that has a lot of it. Really, is a a, a, a generational um, bridging film because it's got a lot of really beautiful elaborate set designs and it brings that world to life by a lot and then there's bits where like harry's fighting the troll and it's like two yeah. little ps2 character models and it looks terrible um especially watching it like on netflix with whatever fancy 4k version they have if it is i don't even know if it is or it isn't but you know what i mean um so yeah you know it, it i i like that first one i i i i'm I'm kind of in the camp that I, I really lost interest when they started getting so brooding and so serious and so overwrought. I really don't enjoy the second half of that series at all. I think it's yeah, I, I think it got far too overwrought for me. I, I, I think and you know, like Chris, Columbus directing, it has that family film whimsy to it that I that I do like about the original. And then um the last thing I watched was Run Rabbit Run, which is kind of a psychological 
horror film of sorts from Australia. Uh, a couple of interesting ideas, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. It has it has that same shitty gray, washed out. Nobody can turn on a light uh, uh, color palette that every modern film has, and I couldn't stop thinking about that most of the way through it. So that's a shame. Um, but yeah, uh, that is it's a Netflix original. It it wasn't terrible, but not, don't go out of your way to see it. Um, yeah, and that is the movie guff. Uh, not too much to talk about on the TV guff here. Uh, I did. I am a couple of. I'm about halfway through something that I think Joe talked about a few weeks ago. Jury duty, mm-hmm. uh, which we are very much enjoying. That is a, a highly amusing uh, uh, show. Uh, I think I said mm-hmm. when I talked about it on the first week. I, it's not even really especially funny as a hidden camera thing. Mm. I don't think Ronald is the funniest central figure of that kind of thing. But it is like they have written a very funny sitcom that is kind of unfolding yeah. around him. And it, weirdly, that element carries it, which I mm. think is, is, is a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, enjoying that. Enjoying that. Um, and we also started season two of The Bear, which is excellent so far. Yeah. Un- unsurprising based on based on how good the first season was. Uh, re- that's top-notch TV. I mean, that is that is really great stuff. And... and it's a little less of the they they have not rested on the laurels of the of the kind of panic 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 kitchen setting that they did in the first scene. There's still a bit of that. Don't get me wrong. That is kind of the show's bread and butter. But they've they're really fleshing out these characters in a way I was not expecting. Um, like the the individuals who make up the the kitchen are fleshed out. Way more than I was expecting, uh, which which is great, and I'm I'm, I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. Where I I can't remember how many episodes we are in, but but uh, early days, but it's off to an excellent start. So yeah, thumbs up on the bear so far. That's my team. Yeah, I need I need to get around to the bear. I never watched season one, but I've been told that's one that you have to get on the bandwagon with. And you'll 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 binge through that as well. Half hour episodes, you'll you'll tear through it once you yeah. start it. Um. I've been watching, you'll be surprised to hear, Nirvana the Band, the show. Oh, I. Uh, I watched all the special features and commentaries from the web series, mm. which were good. Um, even if the commentaries, you know, they're generally at times they're, they're kind of insightful into the making of the show, but sometimes they're talking about who got the shortcut on Rainbow Road and that why that made it into the show rather than the actual making show, but it was good. Uh, but most importantly, I've uh, watched season one of the TV series. Oh, baby, what a what a step up that takes! I mean, I I love the web series and I love the kind of mm. ramshackle yes, nature yeah. of how it's just these two lads in two thousand six or whatever started making a YouTube show. And it's just the two of them and two mates with cameras, and they uh, make up little stories. But when they start making an actual TV show, it's such a step up in terms of what they can do. And I mean, with I, I feel like with the web series as well, it was a lot easier to I don't want to say fake what they were doing because it's a TV show at the end of the day. But like uh, the, with the, with the actual TV series, there's a lot more of them going out into the world and letting stuff happen. The the line gets blurred a lot more between what's real and what's not real. Um, but episode one is such a great 
great opener and it's so so funny and i just today finished the season so it's got like eight eight episodes i think in, in the mm. first season uh and for something you know i i've always said that for comedy i'm usually the kind of person unless i'm watching it with someone because obviously when you're watching comedy with someone the experience is slightly different but even on my own i'll watch a comedy movie or tv show and i kind of oh, that's funny you know but i won't really laugh much unless i'm with somebody i was crying laughing <laughs> watching the last episode um tears coming out of my eyes i won't spoil it obviously but no I still need to get what around they, to the TV show. What they do with the last episode is, I think one of one of the the, the cleverest things uh, I've seen in in a TV show in a very very long time. Um, they they never they never keep you guessing, or they never you know they keep you guessing. They never stop you from keeping guessing. Um, such a and I, when you get to the final episode, it's called I think the episode is called the bank, but it's the uh, the very very last like minute of the of the uh, the episode has a kind of mission impossible style reveal i won't say any more than that that was that's very very funny and then it it, it leaves you on this kind of not quite cliffhanger but this like gut punch like oh my god this thing happened and then the last 45 seconds of the actual episode it doesn't like like a normal show might fade to black and 9 months later you get the next season the last 45 seconds of the episode are them playing Deathmatch Goldeneye. Um, so it leaves you off on a happy uh, a happy little moment as well. But uh, adored watching watching the TV series. And I, I got to say, I do rank... I rank the TV series very high above the web series. Understanding that they're both very different. Some people might prefer the kind of smaller scale... Yeah. Um, amateurish nature of the uh, web series versus the polished big budget TV series. But I, I think the TV series is better, I gotta say. Um, but it's like people who prefer Nirvana's early stuff versus Nevermind, I guess. It's because they're called Nirvana. That's the bit I was doing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, where, the, where, the the commentar- commentaries and all that, I would say, is really only for completionists. I wouldn't bother yeah. dipping into that. Um, the The bonus stuff... Like the, all the all the deleted scenes stuff. There's actually one in there that's nearly a full episode that I would recommend watching. It's better than the actual bonus web series episode they do, which is kind of rubbish. The Buena Vista Social Club one. Yeah, I didn't like that episode at all. No, no, no. I would skip that. But there in the in the extras, there's one called Peanuts, which is like a ten minute long, basically episode, and I think that works better as a bonus episode than the Buena Vista Social Club one. Oh, but that TV series is so fucking good. I love it. I wish I could just delete my memory and watch it again now. But I do have season two to watch. Uh, I've got another eight episodes, including the GoldenEye one, which is obviously I have my GoldenEye cartridge around here somewhere. The GoldenEye episode is in season two, so I'm looking forward to revisiting that one. Um, And then with Zelda, when we get to video games, mm. I rolled credits on, on Tears of the Kingdom. Oh! Um, 125 hours in. Say what? 125 hours. Okay. I actually would have thought you would have taken a bit more to roll credits. I'm, I'm interested to hear that. Yeah. I, I, But my plan is I actually haven't like beaten the game as far as I would consider beating it. But it just lined up pretty well with the release of Fight Forever. And I do have a hardcover uh, guide for Tears of the Kingdom coming. So I got as far as I organically could, finding all the shrines I could find, doing all the side quests I could do. But I never 
I haven't got all the shrines, and I haven't done all the quests. Okay. And I haven't I haven't even got all the memories yet. But I figured what I can do is play the game up to where I am, beat it. So you know, finish the main quest, roll the credits on it. Take a break for like maybe two weeks. Play some AW Fight Forever. Catch up on some TV and stuff that I've been missing out on. And then when my guide comes, I can co- go back to it and kind of tick off the stuff that I missed. Do the last shrines, okay. rest of the quest, and so on. But uh, I mean, 125 hours is still you're getting your money's worth. Good old uh, amount of time put into it. Yes, say, I would say that's that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I'd say all in all, I'll probably hit around 150. Um, because I think I've got probably about 30 shrines left to do out there somewhere in the world. Um, lot of lot of quests. So what what you do get after you roll credits is you do get a counter, lots of counters actually. So on your quest selection screen, where you have your side quests, it tells you how many you've done out of how many there are total. So you have an idea of roughly where you are. Gives you a percentage counter as well. But with all the core rocks and all the locations of the game, I'm never going to get close to 100% completion. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I loved it. I will say story-wise, it it's, ends in a very satisfying uh, way. Um, so yeah, thumbs up on Zelda. It's a good game, I've heard. Oh, very yeah, uh, I won't get too into the the weeds on it because we're we're going kind of long here. But I did start the new Star Wars Jedi game with that uh, popular redheaded actor in it, uh, <laughs> Jedi Survivor. It's it's cool. I really like it. Um, it's way more open than the last one. Uh, the last one was very kind of Metroidvania with kind of Soulsy combat. This one is more maybe kind of like Arkham City-ish, not doing the full open world thing, but plopping you on a little Star Wars planet and kind of saying, here's your objective, and here's a bunch of other caves and little cantinas you can potter around and chat to, which I really like. Um, I'll get more into the weeds on that next week because I, I put a couple of hours in, I'm really enjoying it, and then Fight Forever came out, so that kind of derailed me. But it's cool. It is, it is cool. Um. Yeah, do we want to do a uh, uh, music off and 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 uh, call it an evening? Yeah, well, maybe I can go first because my AirPods are running out of battery. Oh no! So I, better, I better get done before I, I finish. I, I listened to an album called Nothing But, uh, or the album's called Dead Club City by a group called Nothing But Thieves. They're kind of a pop rock electro band. It was pretty good. Um, first track was really good it's called welcome to the dcc best track of the album check that that's the one that i would check out if you're interested uh then it gets like a few tracks that are a little bit blander as if the the album was kind of kavinsky but written by like texas or keen uh but then it kind of comes back it grabbed me again towards the middle and towards the end there were some good tracks in there um but yeah it sounds a little bit like a like i said like a um, a rockier ver- version of maybe the the weekend's last album. Okay, C- kind of that eighties synth sound that Kavinsky and the like of did for the Drive soundtrack, but a little bit more rock infused. Um, so it was kind of up and down. I think mostly, I would say, it was pretty good. Um, that first track, "Welcome to the DCC," is great though. That's that's the one to check out for sure. Alrighty. Uh, and I listened to an album, album of the week that Paul reviewed last week, which is um, In Times New Roman by Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, first of all, 
um, that title. Uh, absolutely <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll, t- I'll talk you through the track listing in a second. But I would say I didn't really enjoy this. I would describe it as kind of XFM era dirge. That's um, how I would sum it up. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. Um, I'll, I, what I did enjoy was having a good laugh at the track track names. I'll just read them out now. Um, track number one, Obscenery. Oh, uh, no. track, number two, track number two, Paper Machete. Uh, <laughs> number three, Negative Space. Oh, yeah. Number four, Time and Place. Number five, Made to Parade. Uh, number six, Carnivoyeur. That doesn't really work. Number seven, What the Peepholes Say. Uh, Number number eight, Sicily. Number nine, Emotion Sickness. That's the best track track of the album, by the way. And number 10, coming in at nine minutes long. I don't know if that's a hidden track or something. No, no, you're right. It's it's a hidden track. Okay. no, no, the, the last track is nine minutes nine long. Nine minutes long. Uh, straight jacket fitting. So there you go. That's uh, oh, what? Not crazy about Times that. New Roman by the Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, yeah. yeah emotion a, sickness is good. I like that track. Yeah, not not my kind of thing, but I gave it a go. Oh, anyway. a tea. That's, uh, well, I mean, the, the names name the are great. Names are great. I like that album a bit. Uh, well, listeners, only you can decide if it's actually good or not, because I won't be listening to it. Um, I might listen to uh, 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 Emotional Prison Complex uh, uh, later, or whatever it was called. Uh, anyway, that is Chair Shop Podcast back at full capacity this week. Thank you so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. If you want to email chairshoppodcast.com. You can pop us a correspondence there like Michelle did. You can send us a, a question, a query, some feedback, a thought, a take, a quiz. If you want to quiz us, you're, you're welcome to do so. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's going to be farewell from me. It's going to be farewell from Joe. Goodbye. It's going to be farewell from Paul. Yeah, goodbye forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>